Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sacred Icon Halo Show in what feels like the ever-elusive episode 48. (laughs) We are back, the Sacred Boys are back, and we are here to talk uh, about a lot of new Halo announcements and uh, some other uh, announcements in gaming in general that we're pretty excited to talk about, so it's fun. Without further ado, yes, uh, I'm your co-host, Jovial Joshua Hargis. Excited at all, excited and groggy as always, and also is equally excited and groggy. Is we my both buddy just took a little nappy poo, my pal, my friend. That's right, ladies, you course. just heard him. Uh, it was together. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Brian Arfett. Oh, Brian, how you it doing, feels man? like it's, feels like it's been an eternity since we did a podcast. Oh, I guess you could say it's been a while. It's been a while. Everyone, Brian, like, day back, day back. What have you been up to recently? Um, Why didn't we have an episode out on Saturday? Well, Saturday I went to visit my parents and brought my podcasting equipment, and my dad forgot his internet password. So, <laughs> in typical people over the age of forty-five news, um, yeah. So I couldn't podcast then, and the week before that I had company visiting in town. Um, so here we are, finally back, and it feels good. And Josh, hit me up with the sound. Of that same PlayStation exec who clipped it off early, he uh, he he went back to the bathroom. He snuck in the bathroom so he could pre-order himself a Xbox Series X, and uh, he he's he's trying to pre-order one and he just can't get one. And he he, he the, the time passes and they all sold out. He, he didn't get a Series X. Oh jeez, oh, oh, oh god, my stomach's upset. I just I hope they don't catch me. Uh, I got all these tabs open, but Best Buy says coming soon. Uh, uh, looks like Walmart's sold out. Uh, Target's is not loading. Oh god, the Microsoft store's crashed. Oh jeez, oh god, oh I feel another run coming. Oh jeez, oh god, it's uh, okay. Oh, GameStop's. Oh, I'm in a queue. Okay, okay. Oh, what's this? Oh, Amazon's crashed. Oh god, I just want one so bad. I got nothing. That's pretty much my story of what happened, though. Sands no, in the bathroom that, experience. That's pretty good, though. But then, like, after he can't get one, he comes out of the bathroom, and then he realizes that while he was <laughs> while he was out, the CEO of PlayStation was uh, registering all of the employees for their own PS5, and he missed out on that. So now he's, he's like, I guess, I'm, I guess I'm just going PS4 Pro with my next gen. I guess you could say he's shit out of luck. 
He shit out of luck. Ooh, with that dookie pun. <laughs> man, you mentioned GameStop, and obviously we're going to get to this. We, I won't jump right ahead to this, but man, trying to get on GameStop, dude, that you reloading that link when, when the pre-orders went live, like it was doing some weird weird stuff. I'm like, this this link is dead, bro. Like the link was like making weird images and like saying I was in line when I was just trying to access the site. And I'm yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I was going to say, guys, we do have a lot of Halo news to get to, but... Uh, we we probably got a lot more to say at the moment about all these different next gen uh, experiences because uh, Brian and I Brian managed to get a PS5 I, we both managed to get a Series X pre ordered but we got some stories about that so but first off before we get into any of that uh, we'll reel it back ODST is finally out on PC which means Firefight on consoles Brian how's that feel man we wanted yeah. uh, we wanted this back in like 2014. <laughs> Yeah, it feels great. Yeah, there was there was a time when I did not think that we would ever get that. Like back in 2014, I thought they're never going to go through the effort to put ODST's Firefight on here. Um, but obviously, as time went on and they just start they, they started to make MCC a, a live service, it became pretty feasible that they would do that. So now I'm not a surprise, but I'm glad it's there. Uh, people are are mixing you know ODST stuff into regular Halo Three, and it's cool. Um, yeah, they yeah. added what? Okay, Silence SMG, I think it was the auto mag, and then the brute plasma rifle, right? Um, there's also the zoomed in um, SMG. Or do you say that the that silence one? Wasn't that the silence one? Yeah. Scope? Okay, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's been a minute, but but uh, yeah, yeah. That's, no, it's cool. I'm pretty excited. I it's still got matchmaking too, which it never had. I know. Brian and I haven't had a chance to touch it yet. Obviously, just trying to get this episode recorded was a a, a pipe dream. <laughs> it was a task. Yeah. Like I'm like we were, of Halo Two. <laughs> we were gonna start recording this like an hour or two ago, but then I fell asleep, and then when I woke up late to, to expecting to check my phone and see Josh going, "Boy, where are you?" There was dead silence, so I just went back to sleep again. And then when I woke up like another thirty minutes later, Josh was like, "Oh shit, I fell asleep." I was like, "Oh, that's cool, bro. I did too." <laughs> yeah, so, no, we both felt better. So, yeah. but we are here now. Um, but yeah, we haven't had a chance to uh, get in on this stuff yet, but. Boy, it looks like the stuff they added in their like patch notes for that update was a lot. Like the Halo 2 anniversary uh, customization stuff, the Halo 3 hit registration, which I'm probably the most eager to check out. Like out of everything, that's a big, that's, a big, that's something people have been talking about since 2007. And, that was my it's, biggest it's, issue with Halo. It's at its best part. now in 2020. Yeah. What's crazy? Yeah, I mean that was my biggest issue. Looking back, I mean I remember that being such like when people would say like, "Oh, Halo 2's multiplayer is still better." It was one of those things like I reluctantly eventually kind of agreed with, even though I didn't want to, because I was like, I really enjoyed Halo 3's multiplayer. That was my favorite. That was where I felt like I played better for some yeah. reason because of the sandbox, something to do with it. But the hit registration just always bugged the crap out of me. So, But there is a lot of stuff about that. Obviously, if you guys are listening to this now, you've already checked that stuff out. But, man, it's so good to have ODST on there now, uh, just in terms of like for PC people to finally get to experience and then for Firefight for us, because when it was it 20, it was early 2015 when it dropped, right? The OD, original ODST yeah. for MCC? For MCC. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because it, it's weird to think that five years later, we get, it, years, we get we Firefight. Get yeah. Better late than never, though, right? I mean, yeah. if I was going back and talking to my 2015 self, though, my 2015 self would say, get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding like, me? I, five I years? Would, 
Yeah, I'd be like, what? what? Who cares now? <laughs> I'm like, what's the... I'd be asking if in 2015, I'd be saying, okay, future Josh or Brian, whatever. I'd be like, why? What is the relevance? Or what is the point? What is the mission of releasing a spin-off games, spin-off mode onto the MCC in 2020? I would have yeah. been like, that seems... It's weird. weird. It's weird to think about. I don't think live service games were, were they were just about to blow up probably five years ago. Destiny like, was we, really the only thing at that point. That was it. Destiny. And even then it was just still figuring out what a live service game even was. Yeah. That was the first of its yeah. kind. So. so You know what's crazy to think about is in 2020 now you have the entire Bungie catalog of Halo games on PC. You can play the Bungie's entire Halo legacy on PC now. Yeah, it's weird to think about, but it's very cool because I've seen a couple friends pop back on their PCs. Like when I've been on my Xbox playing Arkham Asylum, I've seen a couple on their PCs playing MCC, and I know why now. Yeah. Because Firefight was so beloved by a lot of those yep. people. And for some of my friends, that's when they were... Like where Halo 3 was sort of my high school relevant Halo game. For a lot of people, it was like the ODST and, and uh, Reach, you know, kind of era, that 2009, 2010. So very excited for those people. Very excited to have Firefight finally... Uh, after all these years, it feels like it has been a long time, long wait. The, the package feel on on Xbox. The package feels complete. I know they're not done, yeah. but it feels complete because Halo Four is already on the Xbox One. It's still got to come to PC. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. You know, I think a lot of people are really excited for Halo Four. I know. Like, I think they've been that way for I'm a while. I'm interested and to see what the menu is. the menu background looks like for Halo. 4. I know. Like, what's, That'll be what's cool. Gonna be, yeah, Whatever I hope. It's I know like, it's going to be cool. I hope it's like uh, the Ford onto Dawn, like a darkened shadow, like inside of the ship, and you can see Cortana's pedestal in the distance. Like that'd be cool. You know, what? actually, now that I think about it, we've seen nothing but Bungie era menus and stuff in a three four three sort of like service. Yeah. You know, so it'll be nice yep. to kind of bring it full circle, I guess, back to a three four three type of background. And you know, you mentioned, well, I I brought it up on an older episode that you know I was waxing on what the hell they could do you know is there going to be a point where they're eventually just done like the the live service aspect is sort of complete and and then you mentioned you know they could always potentially put out new maps for halo 2 anniversary and i thought ooh, ooh, that sounds yeah. good i mean they're I, already working with creative assembly they might have another job lined up for them in the wouldn't future. that be nice if they just already had that somehow planned in the background i don't yeah i don't i i I guess we're we're too early in on the the live service stuff to really see what the end game looks like because right now the it kind of seems like there is no end game, but I mean because I I would hate for the end game for live services to be like Destiny One where they just kind of well it's done and we're never going to address it ever again we're just going to let it sit here but then again that's a little bit different because Destiny Two more or less was a continuation of Destiny One like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know no, it's no. a sequel, yeah, but it's supposed you. to be like a replacement for it, kind of. Well, let me ask you this. Do you feel like it could get to a point with MCC where they kind of just treat it like they've been treating Halo 5 for the last couple of years, where it's literally just, they still talk about it, but it's more so like tournaments and row map, yeah. or, sorry, playlist rotations. And They'll just probably more or less always be like a ghost team, you know, on yeah. MCC, or like, they'll be like, oh, this week on MCC... We're gonna bring back in ODS the ODST mode for multiplayer with double XP. I would think now that it would likely be more possible to get Halo Five on there with the next gen coming. I mean, I won't pretend to know well, anything about that. I've said that before too, but yeah, you mentioned. I'm trying that. to think of who it was. I almost want to say it was 
our buddy Simon Luxenberg, but if it's not him, he just got credit for no reason. Um, Shout out to Simon. <laughs> yeah, uh, somebody said on Twitter, I thought it was him, that uh, if they added Halo 5, they'd have to add uh, 100 gigs to MCC because it's that big. Yeah, it is. That's a beat which, boy. Which is different. Like adding Halo 4 to the package, you know, mm-hmm. is is not the same as adding Halo 5. It's way, way... Oh, that's, a, that's so. a very good but point. But they have that, like, what do they call it? Like smart download. So you could just not download 5, you know. That's you, true. So it could work either way. That's true. It'd be nice uh, to see it next, along, Josh? though. Uh, we had a, the first official cosplay guide come out. Did you have a chance to look at this at all? Uh, briefly, not okay. not all the way into it. This but. is pretty cool because I've noticed other other places have done this. Like I think um, Last of Us 2's have has done this. I, I don't know. I'm sure where else. I think Cyberpunk has done this as well. But this scene, I don't know how long this stuff has been kind of in circulation. But now we're seeing it pop up within Halo. And they had the focus be on the rookie, which is really cool. So I went through and looked at all this, and it's all these images, sort of. All, you can all cosplay these different, somebody who dies. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty much all these different angles, you know, just so you can really be as thorough as possible for your cosplaying. And for people like our buddy Mikey Cosplay, I think this is just the cat's meow. This is pretty damn cool to see them starting to do this. I and, think. Go ahead. I know you mentioned Mike. Mike, and it makes sense because he's you know he's the big guy in the ODST uh, cosplaying. But mm-hmm. I think it's only fair. That Jeff Easterling should have to cosplay the rookie, and and die till the end of time because he's the one who is on Twitter making fun of that they killed off the rookie and it hurts. Oh, so he I has. Think, I haven't seen yeah. it. What? Yeah. Tell me. Remember, this. I, I told you about that before. Like one Tell time. Tell me again, Brian. Like, it was a clone like, that you uh, killed before. Somebody was talking about the rookie, and they're like, and then like Jeff Easterling popped up, and it was like he was like, he was like rookie taking that dirt nap, and oh, it was like, oh yes. man, no. So I yeah. think I think Jeff should just at every Halo like conference everything from now on he should have to go as the rookie and just that's funny die. Do, Brian do you feel like that's kind of just like one of those things that they maybe won't say they regret but they kind of do a tiny bit killing him off mm, I don't know if it's, there's uh, any okay let's just I, well, this is not something we had planned but let me let me just ask you this hypothetically if there is one thing three four three has done that you think like, even if you have to nitpick that you think they would re- they regret. Any choice. Well, Anything. Could be in a game, a book, anything. I mean, I, I feel like they... This isn't this isn't a dig on them, because I'm sure Bungie, it's the same way for Bungie, but mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they have a lot of regrets being game developers. Regret. Um, but, regret. <laughs> yeah, we regret being alien bastards. Um, <laughs> no, uh, well, it's probably... I would say, I mean, I know this is just not as interesting as you were probably looking for, but their biggest regret is probably how they handled the story of Halo 5. That's probably the biggest regret in all of... And all of three, four, not three, as interesting three. as I was looking for, but it's probably yeah. the most obvious answer. So I, I, I can't. I, I, not you for only that is one. it obvious, but I think it's clear that that has to be it because it, it altered the entire future of Halo and how long it's taken to get another game and Halo Infinite being a soft reboot. Like nobody, uh, nobody expected, you know, a, a Halo story to be so uh, poorly received and, and so underwhelming. So yeah, uh, or maybe. Maybe to put a spin on that, maybe rather than regret Halo 5 story, they regret the marketing that they associated with it. That's a good point. I, I, I'd probably go with that one, actually. You make a good point. But I'd love to think they regret the rookie because I love the rookie. And I'll be fair, he wasn't much of a character, but like I love the rookie. I wish he wasn't. Well, I don't mean him. I just mean more so him being killed off in a book. Not that I think yeah. he needed to be killed off in a game. It's just weird. It's like here's my thing. Like it's, if it's, they say like, "Oh, we killed him off because he wasn't really a character." Well, then my my counter is, 
what was the point of killing him off if he wasn't a character? Like, there's no stakes, there's no emotion anyways. He's not a character, right? So, like, I can, I can play I can play devil's advocate on that. Like, you, you say killing him off because he's pointless. I say, why kill him off when there's no stakes? Like, it, it means nothing to me then. Like, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have had him die off in another video game had they done it because yeah. the whole point, right, was to kind of, like, put you in the shoes of an ODST, of someone who wasn't a Spartan. And then... You know, one of the things I love about ODST's campaign is just the fact that you were kind of like interspersing your own feelings into this character as the story sort of tells itself through these back, through these sort of memories and stuff with the music. So I would have loved to have gotten that experience again. Like, in a way, he didn't have personality, but in that sense, he had our own, you know? He was a little quirky in the way he acted. Yeah. Like, I remember just how he interacts with people like Buck and stuff like that and, and just how he, like, processes, like, how he's looking around and stuff at times. And, like, I love those subtle nods. That's what I've always loved about Halo. Like, I didn't need Chief to talk a lot, although I he love seemed, it. Yeah. The but, rookie seemed curious. Remember, like, he'd pick up, like, an item and he'd just kind of spin it around. Yeah, ex- that's what, exactly what I'm talking about. Like, he would have been an easy template to use in a future game if they wanted well, if to. They had done, think if they had done an ODST 2 and you played as the rookie again and the last mission was like you playing as the rookie and sacrificing yourself for the That's team. That's what that I would have been loved. awesome. That would have really awesome. got me in the feels. And the narrative would be like, man, remember when ODS2, uh, ODST 2 came out and... F the rookie the went out feels. like a badass. Yeah. The only, reason, the only reason that Buck's alive is because the rookie saved him and the team. Like, Yeah. You know, and, and in hindsight, I think I would have I would be less harsh on... ODST's like mass appeal, you know, because the I was complaining about the campaign length, and I, I mean, I feel like I would complain about that less. But anyway, to to bring it back, uh, the cosplay guide is really cool. I'm eager to see what they do in the future. Um, is there anything in particular, like just in general, for other people that you would like to see them kind of cover, like any character or anything they could do? Um, I think their next cosplay guide should be a female, because female? that's a good that's, point. I mean, a lot. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like. I feel like if I had to, if you had to lean one way or the other, I feel like there's more female cosplayers than male. Don't get me wrong, there's plenty of male, but I just feel like it's it seems more like women do it. Um, and 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 Halo is a series that where the the fans are predominantly men, but the the women fans of Halo are yeah. very uh, very serious fans. So maybe give them. Give them something. Whoa! I just had a bug on me. <laughs> I say Josh just flipped out like he was being attacked, but I think it was like a, a small bug. <laughs> I try not to yell, but I had to let you guys know. Holy shit! I don't oh, know yeah. what that was. You can see his face is flushed. Woo! I don't know. I can't find it now. Oh! What kind of bug? Shit! What kind of oh, bug that was scared it? the shit out of. I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't ever want to see that thing again. Anyway, cosplay guys are cool. Bugs aren't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they should they should do a a, a cosplay guide for uh, something that, for females, like yeah. uh, whether it be Cortana or Dare or Halsey. Halsey probably be a good one. Yeah. What about like have they have you ever seen any for like some of the like fleet admirals and stuff like that? I mean, I don't I don't know if that would be as relevant or as popular. No, I know, but I just I mean, it's you got something Tanaka, else. Like- you got Vale. You got. Linda, but I mean something like. Well, Linda I guess the thing is more someone like Miranda or something like that. You yeah. Know, like so, I know, I know it's a bit more plain, but like cause I've seen Cortanas and I've seen like female Spartans, but I was trying to think like. This should Dare would be a cool one to me. Oh yeah, Dare would be super cool. Man, she's someone who needs more love. Everyone, everyone I ever see talk about Dare seems to really like her, but yet we just don't really have anything else from her. Somebody should mod. Somebody should mod Halo 3's campaign. 
Uh, Man, that gave me chills. Keep talking. I can right. tell. I can tell. Oh, you know when the second Fuck. mission of Halo 3, Crow's Nest, yeah. where uh, Chief comes out of the Pelican and those two Marines, one Marine's like, no way, a Spartan here? Yeah. You know that part? Yeah. They should, somebody should mod it so that instead of Chief getting out of the Pelican, it's Dare. And the Marine just goes, no way, a female here? <laughs> <laughs> just Dare gets out of there and like, and then like Dare watches the cutscene with Truth. Where he's like, you are all vermin and everything. And then after it's over with, Dare's like, does he usually mention me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, dude, you make me think of something like outside of, I suppose, Cortana a bit in Halo 3. Like, for the most part, I don't think they've ever had the females, unless I'm forgetting something, be like damsels in distress. They've usually been like strong women who, who who are strong and they carry their own uh, weight and, and they they lead. Well, the thing is, you know? Cortana was really strong in 1 and 2. Like she didn't have much, you know. Yeah. Seem like she would, she had any kind of uh, damsel in distress, but then in three, it's kind of played heavy there. And yeah. Then four. The trope. Four, it's kind of a mix. Like four, she's really strong, but she's also like more emotional than ever. Because yeah, it's weird. I kind of give a pass on four. Like you're right, but I give a pass on it just because of what it brings out of Chief too. Like that's the most like personable. I guess we've ever seen him in vulnerable stuff. So yeah. But yeah, uh, a lot of cool stuff there. Um, the other thing is is uh, this popped up on Best Buy. I think it was first, but I think it's kind of everywhere now. I could be wrong, but uh, Dark Horse has a uh, Halo Infinite Master Chief statue. Have you seen that? I think too? it's only at Best Buy. Yeah, I could be wrong. I swore I saw it pop up somewhere else, but that doesn't matter. Uh, either way, it's it's out there for pre-order for $60. It releases November 10th. I'm sure you guys have all seen this by now, but uh, we're going to really get cool. in. Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, the main thing I wanted to bring up with this, and we'll probably, we'll probably come back to this uh, with a couple other things, but uh, I'll just mention right now, actually, there was also some Funko Pop figures, um, several of them that have been shown. And some Mega Blocks action figure leaks and stuff like that. What it's I wanted like to get to, right, yeah. yeah. What I wanted to get to with this, this sort of main topic, sort of revolving around these, is Brian. <laughs> I'm. You tell me if you disagree, but I'm almost certain you're going to feel the same way. This reminds me of, I think it was 1995 when Shadows of the Empire released for Star Wars. You're probably wondering, what do you mean by that? What I mean is that that was a multimedia project that was supposed to be canon, and it was supposed to be as big as the movies, but the tagline was, everything but the movie. And it feels like right now we're in a bit of a vacuum of a ton of shit coming out for Halo Infinite that's supposed to be promoting it, but we don't. the one thing we're missing is the game. Are you feeling that at all? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously it's because of the pandemic and there's nothing they can do about it, but yeah, it's weird to be like... It's on Monster Cans. It's on Snapchat. There's action figures. There's Funko Pops. There's costumes. There's a cosplay yeah. guide. But there's no game. It's everything but the game right now. We got a book coming out even soon. So I'm just picturing some. About. I'm just picturing some like kid, like ten years or younger, who's really into Halo, and like he's really into Halo, but he's not like he's not like us where he's online like researching things and stuff like that. So for Christmas, he gets. He opens his gift and he's like, "Oh, it's a it's a Jaga Rodumni figure. <laughs> Damn, this is pronunciation. This is cool, but I don't know who he is. Like, <laughs> like Master Chief's on the box, but there's this guy. Like, uh, wow, you make like it a, sound like Jingle All the Way, where like someone gets the booster figure. That's what I was thinking, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, Turbo Man's assistant pal, booster. <laughs> Nobody likes booster." 
Oh, man. Again, we're going to get into it later, but Brian, I saw a Photoshop picture of that, just poster, that art of the movie, Jingle All the Way, but Jake Lloyd, instead of holding a Turbo Man, was holding a PS5. (laughs) That was very funny. But, um, yeah, uh, boy, it's it's kind of a bummer for them because you see that, like, momentum kind of taken out of all this stuff. It's really cool to see this stuff coming out, but it's, like, it's all in the sort of echo chamber of what was supposed to be this driving, like, multimedia sort of uh, I, I guess hype machine if you will you know yeah I, I give them a pass on all that obviously because they had no they had nothing they could Correct. do about it but I am and I know this we can wrap we can we can bring this right back around if it takes us off topic because I'm not trying it's to okay. but like I am uh, I'm kind of in the camp right now of like I, I think they should be talking more about infinite it's just kind of BS now though I do understand like and I kind of agree with Josh like I understand the um, the position of we got other games and other things to talk about. We don't need Infinite right now. I totally agree. I think you're right. I just think for, you know, not to not be selfish, I think there's plenty of people that like Halo is their their thing that, that's all they're thinking about and stuff. And like, I feel like because the game was supposed to come out right now and all this stuff is coming out, the action figures and all that stuff, I really wish 343 was just talking a little bit more about it. I, I'm not saying they need to show more gameplay footage or reveal something huge, but just like, you know, just at least once a week, put up a post that's like, here's a new gun from Halo. Here's some screenshots, and here, let us tell you about the gun. And then maybe the next week it's like, here's one area you'll be questing in, you'll be doing missions in. It's called Waterfang Gorge, and then give us a couple points. Like, you know, like nothing, I'm not asking for anything crazy, but like, sh- give the fans something, you know, I. it's just, it's too silent for me right now. I understand. I, and, and if you go back like 10, 20 episodes in our podcast history, You'll see that I was a big uh, defender of like, yeah, you know, three four three wants to keep it quiet right now. Keep it quiet, guys. You guys rock. Like, keep it, keep it silent and just wait to the big reveal. Keep it sacred. You know, we ha- keep it sacred. <laughs> but once we had the big reveal and then the delay, it's just back to silence. And I'm just not a fan of that. They need to talk more. Uh, you know? I understand in one sense. I mean, I feel like it's still too high of us, uh, too high of our expectations to uh, well, expect them to show us any screenshots even because i feel like i mean we don't know for certain but i feel like a big factor in them delaying the game was because of people complaining about the graphics i feel like they're not going to show that type of stuff until it's yeah ready. i meant more like they could but do like a concept if they're talking like about con yeah con- anything but actual like footage and stuff it would be nice to see i mean we did talk about this a couple episodes back when we covered the delay and i remember saying myself like you know the narrative could go two different ways where it's like like, but I felt like we needed them. They they need to go quiet, but then eventually to start talking about it. Like they need to go quiet for a bit, which they kind of have. Mm-hmm. But I hope I'll, I'll say this: I hope by the end of October we get a little bit more something to chew on. Because if if not, then it's then it's going to start to really. I think uh, I I could see the community getting a little bit irritable. Yeah. But right now it's like we're still in this weird echo chamber of this timeline in which the game was supposed to be coming and all this stuff is sort of coming there to in support of it to sort of back it up, round it out, but the game's not there. And it's just a bit surreal. So, like, for me personally, it's less exciting, but it's still thrilling seeing all this stuff come out because you can tell that they were really trying to hype this up. And, you know, one of my favorite experiences about video games is when, especially with Halo, is when there's all this shit 
coming out and you're just constantly feeding off the hype machine. They're constantly throwing stuff at you. And it feels like that's what this is. We just don't have the game to support all of it. <laughs> yeah, to be bummer. fair, like I'm sure most of you guys out there have seen this just go into your local Walmart or the mall or something. Um, this has happened to plenty of other franchises already in 2020. If you, The uh, Black Widow merchandise has been on the shelves for like six months almost and the movie's not out. Same thing happened for Mulan. Mulan had stuff out on the shelf like months and months and months ago before it came to Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's just it's just a common thing right now. One thing I was going to say, Josh, though, and, and I'm going to leave it up to you to, to guide us when I take us off topic because I know this could easily take us you know way ahead in the podcast here. But like um, one thing I really liked about the Bethesda acquisition, which we're going to get to eventually, this is the really reason I'm bringing it up because it is on topic, is um, – I feel like having all these studios, not just Bethesda, but the other ones they've acquired, like I think it's 23 now total Mm -hmm. studios. Something like that. It's going to take a lot of pressure off of Halo. And I think that's a good thing because uh, Microsoft for for years now, for many years, has kind of been, you know, uh, 70% Halo, 30% Gears. Like these are the two games. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right. This is what carries people. And I know Forza is a big thing, but... And I'm not downplaying that, but I'm talking about, um, you know, outside of the people who play Forza, it's kind of been Halo and Gears. And there's a lot of pressure on those two franchises to hold up the weight of the entire console. Um, And Gears, luckily, um, it doesn't have as much pressure and it was handled a little more smoothly because they kind of they had Rod Ferguson and they kind of got to look at 343 after the fact. Um, So it's so I'm more putting the focus on Halo. But like this is going to let the pressure be off Halo a lot, I think. Even for me, as someone whose favorite franchise of all time in, in gaming is Halo, if I'm looking at Xbox five years from now and they have, you know, in the course of two or three years, they have 10 IPs that release games mm-hmm. that are more or less good, you know, I'm going to be thinking a lot about Xbox IPs as a whole and less about Xbox. You know, oh, I'm going to play this new Doom. I'm going to play this new Elder Scrolls Starfield. I'm going to play Obsidian's new game, whatever. Like, I think having all these new IPs is going to do a great job to take stress off of 343. And then to top it off, they've already put themselves in a really good position because Halo Infinite is designed to be a 10-year plan. So if they can nail this launch of Halo Infinite and have a good launch and and good reception to the game, they can just kind of use that platform they've built and build on it for 10 years and and have a good, solid Halo game right there at the front of Microsoft Studios. Mm -hmm. But then also let all the other studios they've acquired come in and put out great games as well. And there's just less pressure there. I think it's really, I'm excited about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll circle back to the Bethesda thing because this actually, you made me, uh, something else I had in my notes was, uh, I think on the 24th, Brian Gerard had tweeted out amidst some rumors to bring some clarity that Halo Infinite hasn't locked on a release date yet. Yeah. So do you feel like there's a possible chance that we could get sort of a second wave of hype or that more hype will be generated coming out of this delay like it like i guess what i'm trying to ask you to be a bit more clear do you feel like by the time this does get a release date that this will actually end up in a narrative of having a silver lining of wow it's really good we have this delay because now we're going through this second wave of hype do you feel like that's a possibility or do you think it'll just be like i'm ready for this damn game to come out i mean i haven't had enough time to think about your question but my immediate thought is like I'm just ready for this damn game to come out. And the yeah. reason I'm saying that is less less because, like, I'm personally hyped, which I am. And it's more because, like, I mean, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I don't think they're really going to do, like, a whole second wave. Of uh, yeah, monster. I don't mean, like, merchandising and all this other Yeah, yeah, they're not going to do that. 
yeah. right? Like I, I just more so mean for us, like as no, I know what you gamers, meant. Yeah. But you're no, right. I, know what I, you don't, meant. I don't see that happening at all. Yeah. Let's get so new what, figures, man. Let's get new books. Let's, exactly. get, let's do it all. Let's do a new like, video, too. Are you guys ready for Jager Rodovnai's brother, uh, Monopoly Ho-Hum-Hai? <laughs> <Yeah. know>, like, <laughs> <laughs> what the like, hell? All the different elites are named after different board games. You got to get got, that at you Target. Got, <laughs> you got Jenga. You got Monopoly. Holy and my personal shit. favorite, Yatsa Madamne. Yatsi Madamne. Wow. These sound like you know? board name spinoffs. Board yeah, game exactly. spinoffs. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, but no, like just because they're not there's not gonna be the, the monster energy, the Snapchat, the the action figures, they're not gonna redo sign a whole bunch of marketing deals all over again for like anywhere from six months to a year from now. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gonna be the narrative like, okay, the new the new console's been out for a while now, um, and we've already had the marketing stuff. Just give us the game. Yeah. Well, I think most people are gonna feel the same way. I uh, I think for me I, I could be I could see myself in the future after the games come out like in hindsight being a bit more like whoa, whoa. every time every time the Xbox One X cold boots and it makes that that like crazy yeah. like chipset like startup screen right. if there's anybody in the room I go whoa it's the future yeah. of gaming <laughs> look at the attack. What are teraflops? I don't know, but they sound awesome. And then, of course, today the the Series X stuff came out, and it makes the One X look like a freaking grandma console. I know it's insane. Technology is advancing faster than it ever has been before. Uh, before it's insane. But no, what I was gonna say is I could see it being the most non-statement ever. There, Josh, I love it. Technology is progressing faster than ever before. Yeah, it sounds like a <laughs> shit at the beginning of a movie trailer. Right. When technology advances faster than humanity has ever seen. It eventually gains control. It'll be a story about the Geth taking over the Quarant. Who knew dandelions <laughs> could be the fuel of the future? Wow. But yeah, guys, I think I, I think I could see it potentially being happy, like trying to find a silver lining in the midst of this delay. Like, I mean, look at it like this: the Xbox Series X comes out, and that was supposed to be sort of the flagship launch game, and we don't have that. There's a vacuum within that as well. But then maybe it'll get to a point when that does come out where like. We had all acclimated to it, and then just being knowing it's out there and knowing it's already had its sort of, I guess, big delay, and being able to look forward to that again will be kind of excited to me. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say in summary, and then we'll move on, is that I'm excited for them to lock down the release date because it just means for me that, like, it'll finally... I'll, I'll be able to start looking forward to Infinite again because right now I feel like I'm more so just looking forward to hearing. Yeah, without an a release date, I can't. I can't lock myself back into hype mode. Because that's exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah. something you brought up now, and I gotta say, this is definitely another thing to take us off topic, guys. Josh is your leader here, taking us through the episode because I'm like, I'm like, I'm like dangling a carrot. I'm like, hey, Josh, go down this path. Um, but some, based on what you just said, I, I thought I had this. This thought occurred to me today. And when this thought occurred to me, Tell I me was about like, this thought that occurred to you, Brian. Yeah, I, I thought, you know what? I think this is. I think my thought is correct. I think I'm a genius. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I am a genius. No. Um, so, if you go back to the year that the Xbox One X came out, it was very much like they'd already put out the Xbox One S, which was a you know a smaller upgrade with a, you know it had it could play 4K movies and it had 4K upscaling. And then when the One X came out, it was very much like we're still in the generation of the Xbox One, but this fall there's going to be a new, more powerful version. It's the Xbox One X, and it was kind of this thing where like there was no games coming out with the Xbox One X. There was no like I know the Xbox One X was just a mid-gen upgrade. It wasn't a full new console generation, 
But it wasn't like there was any games coming out with the One X. It was just something that we were excited about to get a new Xbox One model uh, that fall. Well, now that I'm seeing the Series X come out this year, and I'm seeing the hype generated around it, and I'm seeing the push for Game Pass and the fact that Halo Infinite's not coming out this year, I kind of realized, like, this has kind of become part of Microsoft's strategy. Uh, the Series X, for better or worse, is kind of being positioned as, even though it is a next-generation system, it's kind of being positioned as just the next model of Xbox. You know, they're kind of positioning it as, like, you know, even even the today the previews we got from people, they were playing Xbox One games on it at higher fidelity. Um, so it, it just goes to show like the difference in marketing right now between Sony and Microsoft because the Xbox Series X just very much feels like, hey, you guys on Xbox One, here's the next console. All your stuff transfers over. All your peripherals work. Things are gonna run better. Just like just like when you experienced you know Gears of War two running in a higher frame rate or higher resolution on the Xbox One X. Now you're going to get to experience it all over again with the Series X. Whereas Sony's very much like the PS5 is this new big step. Like when you go to PS5, you're taking a new step. And the step's so large that your stuff's not backwards compatible. You know? Like, <laughs> so it's like, so I guess to play, to be fair, Sony's PS5 seems more like it's the next new thing. And, and Xbox Series X and S feels more like Microsoft saying, here's the next here's the next small step. You know, we're not going to leave you behind. You know, I, I think they're both different strategies and I think they're both good. It's good for competition purposes. Yeah. We'll talk about that here soon. We just got a couple more things to uh, talk about. Um, Hex brand announced a bunch of new like backpacks, duffel bags, <laughs> slings. We're going that, was over a, that. that was the worst segue ever, Josh. I know, I'm not Brian. judging you, bro. It's like, I'm talking about something really interesting that we don't need to save for later. And Josh is like, that's cool, but we got Hex bags. And <laughs> Oh know. shit. You want more? On Twitter, we also got what appears to be Chips Ahoy uh, advertising in-game content now. Which now this looked like it was a lot of it was in French, so it could be in Canada only. I haven't seen. I work in a grocery store. I haven't seen this shit yet. But this is once again just kind of in summary uh, of this vacuum that we're in of no infinite game coming out, but yet everything else they're like shit. We already planned this stuff like so long ahead. Just let it go. Just let it go. And then this one guy's like, wait, no, stop. It's too late. We can't stop it. You know, and it's just this weird vacuum. It's so strange to me to experience. And I, it's only because of the pandemic. But damn, is it weird. It's so yeah, weird seeing and, this and shit. What's even weirder is that the Chips Ahoy thing revealed that in Halo Infinite, you know, whenever Chief needs health, he has to eat food. But if you eat too much bad food, Chief will be turn will turn into a thick Spartan. Let me let me let chat me up about this for a minute because when we had Halo three and I think four, it was just game fuel and maybe Doritos. Now it's like freaking Chips Ahoy. You got Monster Energy drinks. Um, this was supposed I, to be a huge year for Halo. Man. I, I saw Pizza Puffs, <laughs> so I was getting those and stuff. It's like they're just gonna put it on everything. Or the Totino's pizza rolls. Come on, seriously though, like. Like remember, remember in Fable, like if you ate too much fat food, your your guy would be get fat. You get like an obese character. Yeah. So like they should do that with Infinite. So like just picture Chief running around looking like a sumo wrestler. Ah, Mary, Master Chief, coming to get you. I'm gonna beat you, New Covenant, and banished and. Like if you get to Atriox and you've ate too many cookies, where's not my Rambo Lasting? Who's such Akamaya guy? I don't even know what this is. It's a <laughs> big voice. dummy thick. Chief is what he is. Thick Chief. That's Steve what Downs. I don't know how he channels that voice. How does he get in? Oh, that? let me see how it would sound like. <laughs> Sorry. Give me the cupboard and back that bomb. Yeah. 
That's the best. That's the best Steve Downs can if do. If you get to Ashram at the end of the game and you've ate too many chips or cookies, like uh, Chief's too too fat to, to be able to take down Ashram, so you have to go like train to work off the cookies so you can come back and beat Ashram. <laughs> be glad that I'm not on the just not team at three four three. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Last couple things we got to talk about with Halo is Oni. Uh, there was an Oni archive video that came out just today, actually. Um, that was kind of doing a recap of ODST, basically. But I had an interesting conversation there at the end. Brian, did you get a chance to hear that? I did, and I, I don't know what to make of it. And I'm not going to try. I'm not going to try. either. But, okay, all these have had... Let's. I mean, let's take a look back. All the ones they've sort of done this year, these sort of archive things, have all had some kind of, like, little sizzle conversation at the end of them. You know, does it seem... Do you, what's your take on this? I mean, you're the bigger Halo fan, Brian. Well, you think this is all like uh, infinite kind of like Easter egg stuff? There's some kind of marketing ploy here to build up to something, which hopefully would finish with Halo 4 because that's the last game to be released. They've been doing this for each game. Mm-hmm. But what would be hilarious is if like the planned reveal is something that's already been revealed by marketing. So it's like like maybe at the end of all this, like it's to reveal Jager Rodumni or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> or, or like or it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. It just it, it it reveals like the banished or something silly like yeah. something we already I'd be so we already knew overwhelmed. like know. so underwhelmed like oh well this was originally intended to come out then and blah 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 and now we're revealing something that you guys already knew so it's know. interesting I, you know I, I remember back when Hunt the Truth was a thing and every episode came out and people were just speculating and even though none of it paid off it was still really fun when that stuff was relevant yeah. and I kind of feel like a little a little fragment of that when I when I get to to the end of these videos and i'm like are they building to something what is this and even if it's nothing it's like it's little bits of lore to just sort of just take away and it's cool i just want to say i think i mentioned it once before it's a little bit off topic but the easter egg i want more than any other easter egg in halo infinite is i want there to be a a, a C, crt tv with an xbox original that the pilot was playing combat evolved on <laughs> yeah. i want that so bad remember like, when you had that dream with uh, uh taraz and he had the crtvs Oh, yeah. He's like, he wouldn't play it any other way. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I remember he got a good kick out of that on Twitter. Um, Halo 3 just recently had its birthday on the 25th of September. And first, I want to get your thoughts on that, Brian. But I just, reason why I wanted to talk about this for a few minutes was because this for me was kind of what, uh, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Brian, it's kind of what pretty much was the, the precursor to us kind of getting to the point of wanting to do a podcast because I remember for me uh, being at a point where I had to work the night of the 25th like last year and I just remember seeing the posts about it and I went to work that night feeling like melancholy and a bit sad because I was like, man, I really missed that. Suddenly Halo 3 was relevant again for me and like I felt it. And I was feeling how no one's really playing Halo anymore. Halo 5 is like it's still the modern game, but no one's really playing it and talking about it. I was it was a lonely, melancholy feeling. And Brian will have his his side of the you know story with that. But for me, that's pretty much what got me to a point of thinking about Halo again. And suddenly I was listening to the soundtracks and it was just it became relevant again for me in a nostalgic way. And uh, I think it eventually is what, I think I could be wrong. I'll let you say now, Brian, but I think you got starting to do the blog shortly after this. And then that led me to asking you about, let's do a podcast. And you're like, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I almost made a post about it, but then I didn't because it didn't seem completely accurate. So basically this is how it, was, how it went down is 
September 25th of last year, Halo 3's anniversary, mm -hmm. I was laying in bed with my wife and I was like, just like looking at Halo 3 stuff on my phone. I was like, I, I mean, it's such a nerdy thing to say. It's a good thing I already was already married <laughs> to her. <laughs> I was like, rolling my I was like, eyes. Babe, babe, I'm so emotional. I'm so emotional right now about Halo 3. Like, that was like, <laughs> I was like, that was the apex of hype in my. Doesn't game matter if life. you're married or not with that kind of thing. I know, but you know that like plenty of women out there would be like, "Wow, that's freaking nerdy! What the heck?" But they cry over Dawson's Creek and Grey's Anatomy. True, Halo Three is my guys problem. do too. I'm just saying. So we all have um, our we all have our vulnerabilities. Yeah, so I was like, I'm so emotional about this, and I'm like, I just I can just remember the feeling of, of the hype of Halo Three, and I'm like, man, I got all this Halo passion. What the heck do I do with it? I don't know. And I went to bed that night not knowing, and then I think it was the 27th, so two days later, I created a Twitter account. And the reason I remember the date is because, like, two days ago, I got a thing on my Twitter that said, one-year Twitter anniversary uh, for Sacred Icon Halo. Um, but that's why I didn't post about it, is because it technically wasn't the one-year for Sacred Icon Halo, because what I did was I created an account on Twitter just for myself, um, you know, just put Brian on there, and I was like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a free WordPress account, and I'm gonna make some little blogs, even though I'm not a writer, and I'm just gonna blog about uh, my uh, uh, feelings for Halo, and just uh, because I wanted to get it out there, and I spent a few, few weeks of and uh, of writing blogs, and I'd spent a few hours writing them, and like just trying to pour that passion out. And like Josh and like one or two other people would read them. Nobody cared. I had like 20 followers on Twitter. And uh, so I, I was doing that and I was enjoying like I was enjoying getting the passion out of me by putting it to, you know, not pen and paper. It was, you know, to, to the website. Um, but I was still like not doing I didn't feel like I was doing enough to I don't know. It just didn't feel right. And then I don't know how it went down exactly. I. Was it? I think, I think Josh mentioned the podcast first, but like when he mentioned it, I said like I was kind of thinking that too. Yeah, and then we kind of just put it in our back pocket, like you know, it'd be cool to do a podcast, but we one, both we agreed really it was something that would be cool to do, but we didn't make any move to yeah to foster like, that actually being a. Thing. We don't really know how to do it, and if we did do it, who would listen except like our friends, um, and then. I think it was, I ended up like hurting my knee at work and got off for two weeks. And then we, we talked about using um, Anchor, which we're not getting paid by them, but here's a plug. If you guys ever want to start a podcast, just go to anchor.com. It's the easiest thing in the world. I mean, you can literally start a podcast tonight. Doesn't mean anyone's going to listen. Yeah, that's why if you guys go back to like the first two episodes and the quality is significantly different because yeah, we were yeah. using Anchor, but it made it easy to just get yeah, it out. Anchor, Anchor provides everything to start a podcast tonight. If you don't have a mic, you don't have anything, you can start a podcast tonight with Anchor. Um, the problem is just because you start one doesn't mean anyone's going to listen. The, the The burden is then up to you to uh, get a community, which is the real hard part. Um, but so we just, we discovered anchor. So we're like, we're just going to do this real quick. We put out a really, really super low quality podcast, but it was two hours long and it featured Josh and I's, you know, typical yeah. camaraderie. And we actually got, I've talked about this before, but we actually got like quite a few listeners based off of just our first episode, which in, in retrospect, I don't know how that's possible because no one in the Halo community knew us. I and the shit out of it on my Facebook. Yeah. And everyone was like, "Yeah, I'll check it out." Even yeah, I'll and, play and, uh, Halo, and that was yeah. A, that ended up being kind of a, the 
thorn in the thigh of that whole aspect was like I had a I remember a ton of people checking it out, but no one knew what the hell we were talking okay, about. Okay, Josh, I have to mention this because I can't. Uh, an email just popped up on the side of my screen that said your penis. Nice. <laughs> and it and it talked about anti limpless pills. Oh, um, there you go, man. So I'm Get- glad that's there. Uh, We're all getting older, baby. <laughs> that my, I have no idea why I'm getting spam. Yo, oh, I don't know. You're getting you're getting penis emails. I'm getting bugs well, on me. I it's am a strange time. You know, it's a strange. Anyway, everything's trying to stop us from recording this episode, but we are here making it happen. Yeah, that was distracting. Oh, uh, but anyway, that, that easily takes my penises mind off. are apparently man. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyways, you know, well, just to summarize that sure. real quick. Um, yeah, so we we did a podcast episode with Anchor, and it was really low quality. I think we ended up getting like 40 to 50 downloads on that podcast, and that was our first episode ever. And then it was kind of like, I was like, well, Josh, I think I'm going to try to market the podcast on Twitter because no one out there knows we exist. So I just turned my Brian Twitter account that had like, you know, barely any followers into Sacred Icon. I came up with the name on my own. I wanted it to be Sacred Icon originally. But several people had claimed that name other places. Not, not, not really. I think there's. I think Sacred Icon on Twitter has like two followers and hasn't been used in like eight years. But and there's a guy on WordPress that was already used. Reminds me of that old like, gamer okay. tag. That's your great white buffalo, the one that you've always wanted. The guy doesn't What's even that? really use it. Oh that yeah, Solid Soul. I think it was. Yeah, I don't use that anymore. Now I'm Brian's Bane, which I like much. Yeah, more. which is good. But, uh, yeah, I tried to find. I tried to find a, a good name, and I, I wanted Sacred Icon, but it was taken. And then I actually was like, I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard Taras say on somewhere, say that he tried to make his gamer tag late night gaming and it was too long or something. So he just made it late night Halo. Mm-hmm. So I was like, huh, Sacred Icon Halo would probably work. So I'll do that. And I made it say, so I changed my Twitter account into Sacred Icon Halo. And then I I, gave, I told my wife my vision for the the logo. And I said, the the, the vision I have is... Master Chief's reaching his hand out to grab the index, but he hasn't quite grabbed it yet. It's just he's reaching for it. And then she drew the image that is our logo to this day still. Um, and and I think I think uh, you know to be to be a little uh, boastful of our of ourselves. Not that that wasn't my goal, but I think Josh and I's confidence in what we were talking about being interesting, combined with a cool name and a, and a good icon, a good like avatar, a good sacred. Icon? A sacred avatar. Uh, I think it painted this picture on Twitter that we knew what we were doing, even though we didn't. And I started posting those Twitter questions, and I was just getting like hundreds of followers by the day. And I think I had, I think when we put our first episode of the podcast up, like the podcast didn't really take off right away too much, but the Twitter went from like under a hundred followers to a thousand in a week. Yeah. And then it just went, it just blew up from there. And now, you know, we got, all kinds of people listening, and uh, that was kind of a long spiel. That uh, no, it's okay. I was going to say, for, if you guys, it was, was all spurred from Halo Halo 3's anniversary. Yeah, if you guys enjoyed hearing that, uh, we're probably going to be doing a sort of look back on that for our fiftieth episode. So definitely stay tuned for that because we'll have to spin a- the story different then, so it's more interesting. <laughs> it's always interesting when you tell the stories, man. That's why I love you. That's why we're doing the podcast because I love hearing the shit. 30 times over, I'm like, Brian, tell tell the story to me when you got MCC, but from Creighton's perspective now. <laughs> he does, yeah, Josh would, Josh would come over and he'd be like, Brian, tell me that story of how you got Halo 2 again. And be like, okay, <laughs> Josh, kidding. the year was 2004. <laughs> I imagine it like hobbits uh, over a fire. And I'm like, Brian, yeah. Brian, you're the lore master guy. Like, tell us the story again. 
I'm the bard that does the All, singing. He's the like whore. Josh. Josh gathers around a fireplace and in Indian style crosses his legs and he looks up at me gleefully. He's like, "Tell us the story, Brian. Tell me the story." No, but so yeah, basically like the you know so the account of Sacred Icon Halo was created like a year ago. But the well, me and Josh as a as a duo really kicked that off was like tail end of October. So yeah, by the time we get to our fiftieth episode, it's pretty much going to be our year anniversary, which is yeah. really cool because I mean. Technically, we've already done like fifty episodes, but we don't we don't count because the oddballs. Like we we do count yeah. the oddballs, but we don't if you know what we were saying. But definitely yeah. look forward to that, guys, because uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be Who a fun, nice we... way to. It's gonna be a pat ourselves on the back episode. <laughs> but thanks to all of you, it's gonna be yeah, a very gratuitous it... or not gratuitous a, a, a gratitude heavy episode. Well, the fact the f- I mean the fact the reason the reason that we're able gratuitous. to get ourselves to do this <laughs> this podcast. Is because we have. Sorry, I say gratuitous, Brian. I'm just picturing like me flashing my ass cheeks or something like that. Oh, that's that gratuitous. is gratuitous. Josh is celebrating the 50th anniversary with having his ass cheeks hanging out the entire. Episode. I think what you. Right. I, think, I don't think that's the word you're looking for when you refer to your ass cheeks. I think the G word you're looking for is gangrene. Gangrene ass. There's always been <laughs> something Brian says when he describes <laughs> butts. Yeah. Look at that gangrene ass. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you can but, say stuff uh, like no. that, man. I, yeah, we'll we'll save it. We'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna pocket some of that for the other episode, man. But you you guys will get to. It'll be nice for Brian and I, even though the talk will still be about Halo. It'll be Brian and I sort of talking about our friendship that's revolved around Halo and how we got to the, doing the podcast. I'm kind of okay, and I'm okay that we're going off topic right now because uh, we want to give you guys a super long episode right now. Right now we're looking at 51 minutes. We haven't even gotten to the meat and potatoes yet. We're hoping to give you guys a thick episode, so we're going to keep talking. Oh, this is going to be a thick, juicy, I'm thinking like three patties, three patty on a burger. Oh, no, not, oh, not two it. patties, not one, maybe three. Mm. Mm. Man, I, I had some Wendy's some last night. fries of bacon on the side. Is it a baked potato? I need to come up. I was at work. I was at work the other night, and like I can't remember what song I was hearing, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, ooh, ta-ta-ta, set, ooh, ta-ta-ta. And I was like, I need to do that for the show at some point. I need to do I gotta track down song. Ray and thank him for giving me this material for the show. Uta ta Ray. Because everyone who hears that story loves it. This guy has a legacy that he doesn't, he doesn't even, even know, know about. It. But everyone loves yeah. it. Everyone loves but it. I was gonna say, guys, I think in the entire year we've done the podcast, we've only hit two we've only there's only been two times we've been doing the podcast where Josh and I have hit like a wall where it's been hard for us to to get ourselves to the mic to record, like we've just we've just drug our feet. The first time was literally when quarantine started, quarantine. because nobody's mood was on Halo at all. Right when this all kicked off, like nobody's was mood scary. was around Halo. It was scary. People were freaking shit. out, not understanding it. So like there was, I think, a solid three weeks around March where we didn't do a podcast, and then so it was really hard to come back. And when we came back, we were like, okay, this is fun. We're glad we're back. And it kind of happened again because we've been so busy. Like we're this would be. We're a little over two weeks since our Brian's last his, like, new episode. Brian's last two Saturdays have been busy. My birthday is tomorrow, so trying to. Uh, it's the last time I'm recording it being 31. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's been busy as hell, and it was it was. And then as you guys heard earlier, Brian and I were both asleep. <laughs> we were supposed to be recording. So. Yeah. Do uh, sometimes I think we act like old men, and we're like 30, 28 and thirty two almost respectively. So, uh, I love but it yeah, though. what what inspires us to get back to the podcast, even when we don't feel like it, is that we have so many listeners, and we know you guys are chomping at the bit for it. So, uh, and I know yeah, last- it, it means a lot. It's rewarding as hell because it's something Brian and I talk about. You guys don't get to hear those conversations, but 
it's just kind of stuff Brian and I reflect on, and it really motivates us in between the the shows and just in between the uh, between the scenes and everything like that. Behind the scenes, I can't speak right. Shit, I, that's that gangrene. That gangrene, uh-huh. gangrene, verbal judo. That gratuitous gangrene. Wow, I feel like Alfred right now from The Hobbit. What was he uh, saying? Uh, uh, what was that uh, line? <laughs> Say it, Brian. A yo bit of gold. A yo bit of gold. <laughs> Alfred, the worst thing about the Hobbit movies. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, now you got me. Uh, one one other thing I wanted to talk about though. Not every man's brave enough to wear a corset. Oh god! <laughs> and then he gets catapulted. What? Oh, no. Okay, hold up. With the chest full of gold. Correct me if I'm wrong. In the two towers theatrical, or I'm sorry, in Return of the King theatrical, there's no Saruman. In extended edition, we get one scene of him dying. In Battle of the Five Armies theatrical, we don't see what happens to Alfred. In the extended, we see him get catapulted, <laughs> like right. <laughs> can, you, can you see? Like, can you believe it? It's like okay. So you go back to Lord of the Rings trilogy, and it's like, guess what, guys? In the Return of the King extended edition, we're gonna show you how Saruman died. Everyone's <gasps> ears, per- everyone's ears perk up. They're like, holy shit! I have to have that edition. And then for the Hobbit, they're like, in the Battle of Five Armies extended edition, you're going to get to see where Alfred went with that bra full of gold pieces and watch him get launched into a troll that Gandalf is fighting. No <laughs> it's one like, asked uh, it's for like, it. It's like Phil Spencer comes out, hey guys, we remember back on the 360 generation when we launched Return of the King and later came out with the extended edition that showed deleted footage that was restored of Saruman dying. And that's why I'm pleased to announce, after that warm reception, that you're going to see Alfred's death in the new Battle of Five Armies Extended Edition. And then you just hear, like... Yeah, do we... Like, do Guys, we like this? Is this good? The only, the only Middle-Earth film that I purposely put in the theatrical instead of the Extended is Battle of Five. I actually think... Seems like that. I actually think the Extended made it worse. I can't do that, but I understand. But, but to, to be fair, guys... Brian and I are probably the biggest fans of the Hobbit trilogy we know because most people really hey, shout shit out on it. to to oh man I don't want to mispronounce his name because it's okay it's not like he's what I said it's okay if you oh mispron- so I don't want to mispronounce his name I don't want to mispronounce his name because it's not like he's new to us we he's we we've chatted with him he's been in the community longer than us yeah I'm sure you guys a lot of you guys know him uh, is it. Nakai Cannon, the oh, the dude yeah. who does. Oh, I know the you're YouTube. talking about. I'm sure everyone else will. He does the Covenant. Yeah. He's you know Covey Cannon on yeah. YouTube. Uh, you know I know that's his original character, so I, I don't want to mispronounce his name. It's either Nakai or Nakai. I really wish I, I apologize, dude. But we, we that dude's been sharing some serious love for the Hobbit on uh, on the Twitter, and I am all about it. I'm there backing him up because we love the Hobbit. We Great seriously movies. love those movies. Like I wouldn't want them to not be a thing. No, I know they're flawed, but I'm. I love the Star Wars prequels. I know they're flawed too, but I still love them. I'm glad they're there. So yeah, even though we're we're mocking, we're shitting on Alfred. Uh, yeah. You know, I'd rather shit on. I, I wish he would have been the one that got shit on and then Radagast, but you know, that's where we're at. So. Oh, I hate but, you know, guys, I gotta tell a quick story real quick. Brian and I one day are playing War in the North and. There's a this video, scene. Okay, Lord of the Rings: War in the North. It's a video game for the last yeah, generation. Yeah, it's an RPG. They talk about in the books, you know, how it, it wouldn't have been all this wouldn't have been possible were it not for the victory in the North and all that shit. So this is that story. Long story short, there's a scene with Radagast. Your you, your party encounters Radagast the Brown, and after this cutscene plays, I literally tell Brian, he was that was way cooler than the Radagast we got in the movies. And Brian can tell you, but he was so reluctant 
because internally he agreed with me, but he did not want to because the I was movie a little played. mad at Josh yeah. because you know when somebody says something out loud that you wish, like you wished you hadn't heard, that was what it was. Because I'm like, we we ran into Radagast in War in the North, and he was like wise, but also like nature loving. Like he was like a brown nature version of Gandalf, and it was really yeah. cool. And we saw him in the game, and like I feel like there's in the room there was this quiet where we're both thinking like. Damn, that Radagast was a lot cooler than the one in the movies. <laughs> but I didn't say it because I love those movies and I don't want I don't want to feel that way. Like and then Josh Josh looks over at me and he's like, you know what, Brian? I think I like him more than the No, Josh, shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Uh, yeah. But anyways, guys, I can hear our audience right now. They're going, hey, no, guys, they're enjoying you know listening to this. Did you know stuff? you're on a Halo podcast? Could you guys talk about Halo, please? Uh, we'll get back on that, but uh yeah, I just want to say lastly, it was it was fun. We still love those movies though. It's just it's it's I don't know. We can we can poke fun at some of that stuff and still enjoy it. You know? to, to get us back on topic, Josh, oh, I, I, I feel like Jager Rodomni has the firmest Covenant elite Sanghili butt cheeks of all of his race. Either gangrene. No, I think he keeps them pretty clean, but I think they're firm. I think he's got like a like he does Zumba or is it Zumba? What is it? Zumba? How's how does yeah, that Zumba, go? I think. Yeah, he Shit. does that. <laughs> I don't J- know now. Jager. Now you're making me doubt myself. Uh, if know. someone, if a Halo character did have gangrene ass, who would it be? It's a brute. It's Tartarus. Oh, it's definitely a brute. Tartarus? Tart- yeah, definitely. That dude does not He's wipe. got that tartar sauce <laughs> ass. <laughs> Ooh, that dirty mud butt. Uh, last thing about Halo, guys. Um, He's like, Troy. He's like a, you, know, you, know, you, know when, you know when Tartarus says, you drew quite a crowd. He's actually talking about the smell of his own ass, Ugh. drawing quite a crowd. Ooh, he's got that booty spray. And like he Ooh. tries to suck up to Truth all the time, and Truth's like, Get your heresy-filled ass away from me! <laughs> you stank. <laughs> like I know you're my, you're helping me out, but like keep a ten-foot radius, please, dear God. Did you quack beef? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Troy Denning on Twitter, guys, uh, mentioned recently. I'm very happy to see how eager people are for Shadows of Reach, but I need to ask a favor for everyone. If you happen to come into possession of any spoilers, please don't post them. I hate spoilers. Uh, reason why I brought this up lastly was because. That book's going to be coming out next month, and I wanted to, uh, Brian, if you could tell us, how are we going to cover this book on the show? Because this is going to be okay. kind of, the one, I guess, the first new sort of material coming out since yeah. we've really been doing this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss this out there. I'm going to say that Josh and I have already made our decision on how we're going to um, relay this, but, but for the record, if you guys want to shout out to us and let us know if you'd rather have it done a different way, we'd love to hear that. Absolutely. Uh, what we've decided is... We're probably going to read two or three, maybe four chapters. We'll space it out properly, and then we'll do a whole two-hour Halo podcast of the week covering those chapters so we can really get into it, You know, have our own typical conversations about the book, talk about that content richly and not have to skim over it. Our original idea was we were just going to read the entire book, give you guys like a thick three-hour episode where we just covered the whole book and what we thought of it. But we think that like you guys would enjoy being able to talk about it, um, you know, at length more. And then also, if you guys wanted to read along, or you guys didn't care about the book, you could get, you could hear about that content. Either you could read along with us and 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 not feel pressured to read it quickly, or if you aren't going to read the book, you could just you know enjoy having a podcast, a long podcast each week that goes into detail about it. So I think that's what we're going to do. Uh, it's just kind of, you know, maybe get four or five podcast episodes out of it. Of course, if other really big Halo information comes out, we're not going to mm-hmm. leave that out. We're going to cover that. But we're going to read the book uh, in that way. But if you guys, for some reason, are like, don't like that at all, and you want us to, like, read the whole book and just do one episode on it, 
Let us know. We're probably not going to do that, but if we heard a loud amount of people saying that they didn't like the idea of us doing a couple chapters at a time, we might change our minds. Yes, exactly. Uh, I know for me personally, guys, when I've listened to Star Wars podcasts in the past and they will cover a book, uh, if, I hadn't, if I hadn't read that book yet, I would just not listen to that episode yet. I would tell myself I'm going to wait until I'm done. I don't want the spoilers. I want to experience it for myself and then listen to these guys while I'm at work or something so I can sort of live in that world still. But then a problem would occur for me being OCD. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't get done with the book by the time the next episode came out. And then I'm suddenly like, I refuse to listen to the next episode until I hear this one. And then I would fall behind. So well, the, the idea is we don't want to put you guys in that kind of position if you're at anything, if you're anything at all like that. So we're going to try to do a couple of chapters at a time. It's be a nice way for Brian and I to sort of mull over and chew on what's been there. Uh, what's happening, speculate on what might be coming, and you guys can just join in for that ride. Well, two things I think we should mention. One, we will be very clear about spoilers, so you don't have to worry about us like shouting out book information. Like, Not only will the title of the episode tell you, the description, before we start talking about it, we'll be like, yeah, we're going to spoil these chapters. But one other thing, um, too, that if you guys want to shout out at us, if you guys are worried about, like, if you're like Josh maybe, or Josh is more of a... And and to be fair, I think Josh is is the normal one here. Josh is more <laughs> of a Josh is more of a spoiler snob than me. Like I don't care if I'm spoiled as much. So if you're like Josh and more of a, a spoiler snob, and you're worried that you're not going to be able to listen to us for a month because all of our episodes are about the book that you're you're not going to have time to read, maybe tell us that. Like recommend to us that maybe we do like. Maybe like we do the podcast and we have like a 45-minute section where it's about the book and we like we tag it with spoilers so you guys yeah. can still listen. Let us know if that's a thing because like I don't want to feel like, you know, everyone's not going to be able to listen to us for a month because we're just talking about Shepard. Yeah, we don't so. definitely don't want to make anybody feel excluded. So if there's any preferences you guys have or anything, like Brian said, let us know and Either we will find Discord, our way best to hit us up on the Twitter to balance that. Because it's exciting. I'm really excited to, to get into this and to, to have this discussion. Brian and I have never really done this with a Halo book even. So this is going to be very exciting for me and I think for all of us to kind of chomp at what bits, even more so now that Infinite's not coming out this year. It's going to be fun to speculate on. It's going to be real yeah. fun to read. And I'm glad to just experience Blue Team again in general. And maybe It'd be really cool is if at some point going through that book we had Troy Denning on the podcast. I would love that. And if if we ask him and he politely declines because he doesn't have time, which is completely cool with us, we'll just we'll just do a little joke where we say we have him on the podcast, and then Josh will tr- will try to pretend like he's Troy Denning for a minute I don't or know two. What sound like, but I imagine he'd be like, "Hello, yes, everyone, hey, hello, hello." Is that how I it, feel? I feel like he sits next to a fireplace with a with a pipe. It is I, Troy Denning. Yeah. Yes. Taking a drag of my cone cob pipe. But he also feels really down to earth, so I don't want to make him sound like he's not down to earth. But well, he wouldn't be. Like he just he's he's like he's that guy that you would see at the beginning of like a Christmas story where he's like sitting in the chair by the fireplace with going cob pipe, and he's got the robe on, he's got the book, and he's like, "It all began." And then the story kind of cuts in. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> yeah. feel that, dude. No, yeah, it's gonna be fun though. I'm very excited for that. But Brian, uh, we've talked uh, an over an hour about Halo. We can always talk more about it, but we got some stuff kind of about Halo cool. still in the vacuum. Tell me about. This next gen shit, man. Okay, what's going right, on? Here's what here's what I want to lead with, guys. Lead us. I know in. you guys always like a good story. Lead us I, I think... into a new territory. Brian talking about pre-order. No, let me let me redo this again. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> I feel like it should be a rap. <laughs> nah, fuck it. I think it's it to be a rap. Like, uh, how would it go? Um, what rhymes with pre-order? 
It's a good. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This is this order. is going way too drawn out here. What's that? Go get yourself a pre-order, then pick yourself up two cans of on the border. Okay, I'll that's take all it. I can think we'll, of. Go with that. Uh, I won't talk. Okay, guys. So really, I got a story for you guys about. I mean, it's not like one of my best stories or anything, but I thought it was interesting, anyways. So every story, um, every story. So for the the uh, don't acknowledge it. I'll just go fuck myself. That's fine. <laughs> I'm sure many of you guys out there have pre-ordered. Are either attempted or have successfully pre-ordered either an Xbox Series S or an X. Ooh, boy! Um, so it was. What it was fun rough. this has been, guys. Go ahead, Brian. It was rough. I mean, I on one hand, I I commend Microsoft for giving everyone a heads up. On the other hand, I'm like, it made it near impossible for people because everyone and their mother was waiting for the second they went live. Um, what I decided to do was go to GameStop physically in person, a solid. Uh, two and a half, three hours early. Um, when I arrived at the first game, so I, I drive in my car, I'm speeding a little bit like Josh knows I will do. I park, I full on sprint to the GameStop and I get there, there's already 15 people in line at like Shit. two hours early. And I, I get there and I'm like, guys, how many how many consoles do you, do you know how many consoles they have? And they're like, no, they haven't told us. I'm like, and I start counting everyone. I'm like, I count like 15. I'm like, well... I think no matter how many consoles they have, it's pretty obvious I'm not getting ones. So I sprint all the way back to my car. I drive all the way to the second GameStop. I convince myself that I get there and the GameStop's not there. I convince myself that it's now been turned into a hair salon. Turns out I was just at the wrong location. It was right down the <laughs> So then I go all the way to a mall. I go to a mall GameStop and it's the mall's not even open yet where I live. And I managed to go in through the food court and sprint Full on all the way to the GameStop, and I get there, and I, I, I'm 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 heavy for breath here, guys. Like I I need I have not I need to work out, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I get to the GameStop, and I'm the sixth person in line at the mall GameStop, and I look at the sign on the door, and the sign on the door says we have five Xbox Series Xs and two Xbox Series Ss, and basically to refer to what Josh said previously in the episode. Getting an Xbox Series S when you're a hardcore nerd like me is like getting Booster instead of Turbo Man. You don't. <laughs> we have plenty of Xbox Series X. That's Nathan the name Powell, of the episode right Xbox there. Xbox Series S. <laughs> Booster instead of Turbo Man. <laughs> yeah. So so I get in line and I, I'm in this. I'm at this issue where it's like it's now like less than two hours until pre-orders go live. I'm at my third GameStop and this is my this is the closest I've got. I'm sixth in line and. You know, the five people in front of me all want the Series X. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wait in line, hope that one of these dudes in front of me gets like a horrible case of diarrhea or something where I can take the Series X. No, gets that gangrene and if ass. Not, what's that? Gets that gangrene ass. I hope it. I hope Shit. they get gangrene. I'm like, why don't you guys go down to that Taco John's or something? Get yourself a couple of them potato olays, see what's there's <laughs> below. You know? <laughs> Uh, but no, nobody was leaving that space. That's I'm pretty so sure the freaking <laughs> I'm pretty sure those five guys in front of me, like if they if they had shat their pants, they would have just sat on it because they weren't leaving. Oh yeah. But I was like, you know, I'm just gonna stay in line. And worst case scenario, I'll get me a pre order for a Series S. I don't know what I'll do with that because I don't really want the S. And then while when when it hits time, I'll just I'll be on my phone. I'll try to I'll try to pre order with my phone. You know, I'll try to get uh, Series X through online. So I wait in line, and it's fun just sitting there in line for a solid almost two hours and having people run up. Like you see other people running, and they get to the line like, oh, oh. they're like, oh, I made it. And like, uh, dude, you're number seven or eight or nine, and they only have this many. I didn't and know you, you tell you this, but 
You just see the look in people. Yeah, you just see the look in people's eyes. The sense of defeat, like they thought that if they got there an hour early, they'd be fine, and just seeing that they're screwed and just the sadness. Mm -hmm. And what really, what really, like, I felt bad for the people who got there an hour early and were sad. But what kind of low key irritated me, just being the plebe gamer I am, is that there was this mom who showed up with her sister. So like a mom showed up with her sister and her sister in law. So there's three of them, and they show up at ten minutes. Ten minutes till open, they show up. Telling them the fucking Sanderson sisters up in this shit. Yeah, and she goes, oh, "Damn!" And this woman goes up. She's like, "Do you think?" She looks at me. She's like, "Do you think I'll be able to get one? Like, I need two white ones and a black one for my for my kids." Oh shit, honey! And I'm like, "Okay, you got a big storm coming. We you only like, get one." <laughs> I'm like, first off, you're only allowed to get one per household." And she interrupts me and goes, "That's why I brought my sister and my sister in law, so we can each get one for each of my kids." I'm like, "Okay." Okay, but second of all, you got here 10 minutes to open. There's already freaking 15 people, 20 people in line, and they only have a total of seven consoles, and and, and five, only five of which are the X. So you ain't, I, unfortunately, I was nice to her, guys. I'm just playing it up, but I was nice to her. But I'm like, you're not going to be able to get one. I said, your best effort is to go find a bench in the mall, because it's 10 minutes till the pre-orders go live. I'm like, go find a bench. All of y'all's get on your smartphones Load up freaking Best Buy, GameStop, Walmart, and try to pre-order that stuff because it is not you're not going to get one here. And all the other GameStop's lines are even longer. So they were really disappointed. And I'm just like, I'm just shocked that people are still. I mean, that's what that's why I call myself a plebe gamer because like obviously like moms who just want to get this for their kid for Christmas, they probably thought that getting there ten minutes early on the day of pre-orders was probably smart. But really, it was like no, it wasn't smart at all. You were completely behind. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of disappointed people, a lot of people who underestimate how popular this thing was going to be. So, um, so we're getting to like like five minutes till, and this guy shows up who's like probably like close to fifty, maybe even older. Oh, yeah. Um, and he he wants this. yeah he wants one really bad, and he finds out that he's not even he actually he was okay with an S. I was the sixth. So there's there's seven total. I've said five X's and two S's. I'm number six, and there's one guy behind me, and me and the one guy behind me, we're getting the S's. And this guy wants the S, and he is told by everyone in line he's not getting one because he's so far behind, and he's really upset. Like, he's he's one of the—you can tell he's angry, but he's not taking it out on people. He's just mad. He's just mad to himself, so he's not being disrespectful, but he's just having a real hard time accepting that he's not going to get one. And uh, he even waits there after we all told him. He's not, the sign on the door says the first seven and the only one to get it. But he still waits there until the doors open. And he goes to the GameStop manager. And he's like, hey, is there any way I can get one? The GameStop manager's like, no, like there's no way. We only had seven. And he's still super upset. And uh, Like he's just, crestfallen or frustrated? You can see in his eye. It's like one of those things where his eyes look depressed, like, like looks distraught. Like he, like I said, he's mad, but he's not being. It's obviously if he if he was a if he was being a dick and like yelling at people, I wouldn't want to help the guy. He was being he was just upset. That's all. And he was he just waited there. Like even after the GameStop manager told him, like there was no way. Like you could tell he just had some false hope that maybe the GameStop His manager was going to pull. <laughs> like he was going to pull one out of the back yeah. for some reason, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm in line. The game store's open, and I'm I'm going in, starting to go into the GameStop, and it's like less than thirty seconds. Till the pre-orders go live. And at this point, of course, I've already talked to Josh, my friend Kyle, my friend Justin. Like, we're all primed to try to pre-order this thing on our phones. So I have, I thought my two best bets were going to be Best Buy and GameStop. 
Um, GameStop, the reason I thought GameStop would be a best bet is because a lot of time what GameStop likes to do because they have really bad practices is they like to put up special pre-orders that are like $200 over the price that include a bunch of accessories you didn't want. So I thought, okay, I'll put up GameStop and I'll try to get one of their accessory packs that's like $700 and comes with two extra controllers and a freaking cradle for the charger. And then and then Best Buy I thought would be a good bet because I have a Best Buy credit card and I already have my information put in. So I have both those ready to go on my phone. And you know, Josh sends me a message. He's like, good luck, guys. Good luck. And it goes live and GameStop immediately shits the bed. GameStop, like it... Like I said earlier, this link, the link was dead. It was like, you go to the link and there's this really like distorted picture of like, you're in line for an Xbox. And it's like, I'm just trying to go to GameSpot.com. I haven't even clicked pre-order for a console yet. It was super screwed up. So I immediately gave up on that. And then I go to Best Buy and I'm hitting refresh on Best Buy and it just says, pre-order's coming soon, pre-order's coming soon. I'm like, what in the world? It's 11.01 now. And a couple of the guys in front of me in line go, Walmart's got some, Walmart's got some, and I'm like, oh shit, there's no way I'm going to be able to get one at Walmart because I don't even have an account at Walmart. So I go to walmart.com, I go to the guest checkout where you don't even make an account, but then I have to put in my my name, my address, my, my credit card. So I'm in line for the Series S with my wallet out in one hand trying to put in my card information on my phone. I'm like, this is, I'm not going to get one, let's be real. I put all my card information in and press pre-order and I get one. It charges my whole card. I get I get a pre-order at Walmart. It was insane. I don't know how I got so lucky. Uh, I got a pre-order at Walmart, charged the whole thing through, and once I get that, I'm kind of nervous that it's not going to be real, you know, like it's not going to go through, but I kind of sit there for like, it felt like an eternity, but it was probably three or four minutes, and it, and it worked, and I checked with my, my, my bank, and it, it took the money, and that guy, that older dude who's just solemnly wishing he could get a consoles outside... Like just looking through the GameStop window like a puppy, like please, <laughs> please take me home. <laughs> um, and you know what I do? I'm like the GameStop manager, like goes up to the guy. And he's like, this guy might have an X. He might be willing to give you an S, his S. And he's pointing at me. And you know, I, it's been like four minutes, and I have the pre-order at Walmart for the X, which is the console that I really wanted. So you know what I do? I just I holler at that guy, and the whole the whole GameStop's full of people, and I holler at that guy. I'm like, you know what, dude? Here you go. And I, cause they all handed, I forgot to mention that they all handed us a piece of paper that said we were guaranteed our console. So I had the oh, golden ticket. Yeah, so I had my golden ticket that said you were guaranteed an S. So I said, you know what, dude? I just pre ordered an X on Walmart. You can have my, my, my S pre order. And I handed up the paper and the old guy walks in. And I say old guy, I, I, I shouldn't say old guy because I don't consider like 50 old, but he had like very, very gray, like uh, messy hair. Oh, thank you, old man. I appreciate Yeah, so he wasn't that old, I guess, but. But so as he comes in to grab my ticket, everyone in the GameStop starts applauding me, like oh, clapping really? their hands. Oh, really? You didn't tell me that part. Wow. Yeah, they're all like, <laughs> they're like, all right. One guy's like, all right, dude, let's give him a round of applause. And everyone starts clapping for me because I gave up my, because, you know, I could have just took the Series S pre-order, got it, and then been a dick and tried to sell it on, you know, Amazon or something, or, you know, like eBay for an extra hundred bucks, you know, be a scalper. So I think that's why they were applauding me because I didn't really do anything good. I think they just know that I could have just took that pre-order for myself and, and got something out of it. So I gave it to him, and they all applauded me, which, you know, that feels good, of course. Of course like that's not, what I was, yeah. <laughs> that's not what I was there for, but I'm like, okay, cool. So then I get in my car, and, you know, um, I, I end up talking to Josh. And, and when I first talked to Josh, and I'm going to let you tell your side, too, here. When I first talked to Josh, he hasn't got one yet. And, by the way, Josh had messaged me to ask me if I had gotten one, and I chose not to reply to him because I was like, 
How do you tell your buddy who potentially hasn't got one that you did without seeming like a dick? Like, I didn't want to do that. So I just didn't respond. Well, of course, Josh tells me later, he's like, well, I knew when you didn't respond that you got one, you you, you asshole. No, no. So, oh, that is what uh, I said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. That is what I yeah, said. Yeah, that's what he said. So, so, uh, so I was like, I didn't say anything, but my buddy Kyle, who was actually, um, you guys have probably heard him mention the podcast before, my buddy Kyle, oh, who was yeah. actually... He's actually more excited than like any of my friends. Like Kyle is really excited. Kyle tried to go to the get in line and he missed well, Brian, his give spots. Give a quick little preface because you said it really well. You put it into good words last time. Why do you think he's more excited? Oh well, Kyle. Kyle's last new console was the Xbox One, the original launch unit that the plays Nicole, games Nicole, at nine. Yeah. yeah, that plays games at nine hundred p. So like it's been seven years for him. So for him, this is like a huge upgrade and a huge deal. And he thought if he got to GameStop by like 9 a.m. or 8 a.m., I think, because his his time, he was central time, it was going to come out at 10. He thought if he got there by 8, he'd be good. He ended up being like one spot too far back. So he ended up going home and getting on his computer. He has dual screen monitors. He pulled up several websites. He thought he's going to get it online. Well, it turns out, so of my my three main friends that were trying to get one, which was Josh, Justin, who's been also been in the podcast, and Kyle, the only person who managed to get a pre-order was me, which I feel like my friends would all tell me, like, go figure freaking Brian Arvett is the low life who managed to get one, you know? Um, but yeah, so so I kind of had this survivor's guilt thing because I'm like the only one who's able to get a pre-order. Um, but come to find out, Justin fell asleep refreshing the page. <laughs> so that's why he didn't get one because he fell asleep at like 1102. Uh, and then he wasn't that upset about it, believe it or not. He was okay with it. He's Justin's got bigger things coming his way, so he didn't. Yeah, and to give Brian credit, guys, Brian's definitely the kind of person where uh, he will defy all odds. If anyone can can defy all odds when it comes to something about video games, it will be Brian. And let me tell you, as someone who's his friend, and if you're interested in the same thing, he is a great ally to have for that. Uh, and I think back to I when Shadow that, of dude. Mordor when was coming out, and Brian and I were both going everywhere we could think of to see who was doing a midnight launch because that game was big for us at the time. And Brian was like, Brian had the same drive as I did. He was more outspoken about it. But I remember thinking, I'm so glad I'm not alone in this. And we will find a way together. And we did. And it was Walmart. But continue. Yeah. And I, and I won't tell this whole story again because we told it before. But like, I had to I had to have a GameStop manager look me directly in the eye and chastise me for canceling my pre-order because Josh and I did we both Josh, do that I can't re- I mean I we we both did okay together. I thought so I thought so so I I won't I'm gonna tell it real quick because we've already told it before but Josh and I found out that the only place around us doing a midnight launch for Shadow of Mordor was Walmart so we went to GameStop to cancel our pre-orders because the GameStop manager said he didn't want to do a pre he didn't want to do a midnight launch for for that game so we very politely said you know we want to get this game at midnight we work third shift. Not that he needs an explanation, but we did anyways. Uh, we worked third shift, so getting a game at midnight is important to us because that's that's when we have a night off. Like midnight's when we, we we've only woken up a couple hours ago. You know, it's time to get our game on. You know, so we told him like, since you're not doing, we want to we want to remove our pre-orders. Well, he got mad. He was like, you know, because you know these GameStop managers, they need their this pre-orders. Guy. Yeah, they they have like a, a quota to meet. So he looks us right in the eyes and basically tells us that we're children for for thinking we need the game twelve hours earlier. Like chastises us for getting the game wanting to get the game at midnight at walmart and tries to like okay not only is he wrong because we're adults spending our money however we want but even if he were right which he definitely was not 
the way you get a customer to keep their money at your at your business is not to chastise them and belittle them, yeah. which is what he did. I remember this so, now. Psychologically, all he was trying to do was just to manipulate us, make us feel bad, yeah. and then keep our pre-order. It was yeah, it was pathetic. It so we work. no, we removed our pre-orders. I don't think I ever pre-ordered there at that GameStop ever again for the rest of my life I because sure of him. Uh, yeah, I never. I'll tell I, a story real quick. Actually, uh, I remember getting no. Shit. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was somewhere around the same time Stick of Truth was coming out. That was the last one I'd pre-ordered there. I went in there and that guy is in there. And I remember it was the day before the game was supposed to come out, like the morning of the day before. So not like midnight, close to midnight or something. But And I, I pre-ordered it. And I was like, I don't suppose there's any chance I could get this now, which looking back was so silly. It's just not going to happen. But I'd heard of that stuff before. I'd heard of it happening. People breaking street dates and stuff. And he was like, you don't want me to lose your job or lose my job, do you? <laughs> I remember the time I'm like, I'm just just want to pre-order the game, man. Just want to get the game. That's all, buddy. In my head, I'm like, I don't really give a fuck, you know, if you're gonna be like that, you piece of shit. Like I was I, so this, pissed this, at that. And that was this GameStop manager. Time. This GameStop manager was not a cool guy. And I I probably have 30 stories, but I can't remember them all. I remember one time I went into I went into the game store. And I saw Witcher Two was on the shelf, and I this is before Witcher Three came out. It wasn't that big, as nearly as big of a series. And I was like, "Huh, Witcher Two? This looks like a kind of a cool game." So I, I just very politely went up to this guy. I said, "I had a copy in my hand." I said, "Is Witcher Two a good game?" And he immediately throws up his hands, his eyes get wide. He goes, "I don't have game opinions. Game opinions get you shot." <laughs> what? He's the you manager work at GameStop, of GameStop, bro. <laughs> He's the manager of GameStop. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, so once he did that, I put the game back on the shelf. I wasn't buying it. What kind of sell is that? It goes to show you person? just how much those little moments matter. Yeah, it does. I'll never forget you know? that. And it, and it, you know, Brian and I have talked about this guy for years because we had shitty experiences with him on our own and together. But like, we kind of we kind of stopped after a while. And I think it's because you just you kind of almost get the sense that he probably had other stuff going on in his life to make him be such an asshole and a Grinch yeah. at his job which is selling video games. To be fair, working in a place like GameStop means you're probably dealing with a bunch of annoying people asking you the same questions yeah. like I asked, like Brian yep. and I. Well, and the thing too, the thing too that that I've noticed that GameStop people have to deal with a lot is and actually so I, I have no idea who brought this up. Somebody brought it up on Twitter. Um I think it was uh actually I think it might have been Corey. No, no, I'm not even going to pretend I know who. Somebody Corey said in the house Nintendo DS. I was just say I was just say Corey Barlog, but it wasn't him. I don't think um, somebody brought up how how frustrating it is to be a developer and have all of your fans think they know how the game industry works as good or better than you. And when I saw that, I'm like, you know what? That is really true. Like, even though I like to think that I'm pretty level headed, I'm not going to pretend that I've never. I pro- I'm not going to pretend that I've never spoke about games like I have this supreme knowledge. When truth be told, I'm just a fan. You know, like developers by all intents and purposes should know more than me. And so the reason I bring that up is because these GameStop managers or even just GameStop employees, they have to constantly deal with know-it-alls coming in there thinking they know the game industry frontwards and backwards and likely think they know it better than the people who even work there. So it's got to be a frustrating place to work. It's, it goes um, to show you just how much, you know, like in general, I think in life, like we kind of take for granted just how important first impressions are. Because you think about people in his in their position who probably get the same questions. We might come in there and ask if we can get this game early. But that might have been 
the I, I might be the seventy fifth person that's asked that day, and he's tired of answering it. However, yeah. from my perspective, yeah. you know, I, I I don't know that I don't have that knowledge, and and everything the way he acts, just like with you with the Witcher game, like that's that he could have he could have swayed you on that game. They had some nice people in there at certain points, and that that swayed me on stuff just mm-hmm. because they were so nice to talk to. Well, I was just say the 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 man we spoke briefly on before the manager the managerial team that ran the, the that GameStop before him were so cool. They were just like your friends. They they went above and beyond. They spent their own money to make the midnight launches more fun by buying stuff to make the like they bought stuff out of their own pocket. And they actually were so good at their job that they would get me to pre-order games I didn't even care about, and I would actually buy them. And they almost like one time they almost got me to pay sixty dollars for Brink. Day one, Oof. I had no interest. I had no interest in the game, but it's because I respected those employees so much. So it really goes to show there. But Absolutely. to bring it all the way back around, because we got on a long rabbit trail there. Um, so yeah, I was the only one who got a pre-order, and uh, Kyle, my friend Kyle, did not manage to get one. He could not get through online, and Justin fell asleep. Like I said, can you tell the then, story very quickly about Kyle getting out of his ride at one point? Do you know what I'm can, talking about? I don't. I want you to tell the story. You go up to the store. Yeah. Oh, well, like the first store Kyle stops at, he gets out of his uh, his vehicle and somebody else gets out of their vehicle like across from him and they get out of their vehicle about the same time, but they start sprinting full speed and they beat Kyle to the line and Kyle is the last, he, he just missed the last spot for a series. So day. that guy got it. Yeah. That guy who ran got it. So it was, <laughs> it was rough for Kyle. And then I could see Kyle's spirits be, Kyle's spirits were really low when uh, he couldn't get through online either. He wasn't managed to get, he wasn't able to get one. So... Josh managed to get one through Amazon, which I'll I'll let him tell his side here in a second. I know my spiel is going long. You're fine, um, Ryan. It's, it's good to hear. I love it. But uh, Josh managed to get one through Amazon, so luckily Josh nailed one down. But then I was feeling really bad for Kyle because Kyle was honestly like the most hyped of all my friends, and he couldn't get one. And to be specific, so, uh, just to add on to that, he was very much in the camp of trying to go for the all-access version. That's oh yeah, the, he was the, the monthly go- payment. Yeah, I think he might have even had a moment where he could have pre-ordered it, but he had to back out because he was trying to do all access, and then he lost it. And like, because pretty much everyone right now, like everyone who's trying to pre-order this early, most of them aren't doing all access because of that reason, because they were just trying to get their hands on the thing. Um, so Kyle missed out, and while I later that day, I kept like it was probably an hour after the pre-orders went live, I was going through different websites, refresh and refresh, and trying to add things to my add a Series X to my cart. To get Kyle one, I was trying to get another one, and somehow I managed to get through on Best Buy like an hour later, and I pre-ordered a second Series X uh, with Best Buy and charged my card, and it's now been uh, I guess tomorrow is a week, and both of my pre-orders are still listed there, and they took all my money, so I, I'm pretty pretty sure they're legit. So I got Kyle his own. I got Kyle an Xbox Series X. He messaged well. me. I, I don't. I didn't tell you this, but he messaged me, and he was so happy. He's like, "We're all getting Xboxes now, man." <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm really so glad I was able to run. get him one because like on one hand, like I'm not going to cancel my Series X just because my friend doesn't get one. But like, I don't want my friend to not get one. Like, that's so crappy. You hear like, Brian give some smart ass remarks sometimes, guys. But it, it, twice now within the like last half hour, we've heard how you passed up on getting a Series S just so this other guy who really wanted one could get one. And then now how you had this other pre-order locked in and you decided to give it to your buddy Kyle. That is very cool of you, Brian. Very, well, I very appreciate cool. that. So, so it's, it's good that Josh calls out my goodness and my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you do the same uh, for me. So, I mean, because yeah. I am on some bullshit sometimes. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah, I just, I, I uh, you know, I'm not in the camp of, um, I know it's a whole different topic, but like when it comes to scalping, 
I have a little bit different opinion than most people. I think there's two camps. There's the one camp that says, that's scummy. I hate that. And then there's another camp that says, screw those people. I'm going to make my money. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a little bit... I'm a little bit in the middle, but I'm, I'm more closer to it scummy. Here's my thing. Um, when the Xbox One came out, I pre-ordered one for myself, and then I went and waited in line like eight hours to get another one so that I could sell it for a profit. But I only want, I only did that to sell it for an extra hundred bucks. And in my mind, I waited out. It was cold. It was a very cold November day. I actually remember having like a little bit of like frozen snot on my nose, which I know you guys probably don't want to hear that. I waited outside in the cold. I'm for sure eight that's hours. fine compared to gangrene ass. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's a that's a step up. That's a step up. Yeah. Um. So I waited out in the cold for eight hours to get a second Xbox One, just so I could sell it for a hundred dollars markup. I feel like I earned that, and I feel like it was very fair of me to sell my Xbox, my extra Xbox One, on the day of launch for a hundred dollars markup when I very easily could have went on eBay and sold it for like a $500 markup because that's what they were going for. So for me, it was more like, I kind of, and you guys might disagree, and I'm not even going to be mad if you guys disagree. Like, I feel like my scalping was fair because I, I really worked hard by sitting outside eight hours, and I, I, I it was a slight markup. I mean, if you're if you're trying to get a console day one and they're sold out and a dude's willing to sell it to you for a flat $100 more, you know, I, I didn't feel bad about it. So that's what I did. So I, I'm not so much like, I'm not completely anti-scalper. If I had to choose one side, I think scalping. I think scalping is shitty. Um, I, I give myself a little more credit for the hundred dollars thing, but like people who are trying to like people who pre-order it two months before it comes out and are trying to sell it for a thousand bucks. I mean, I think that's so shitty. Yeah, I don't like scalpers in general, but I do understand where you're coming from. I remember going to the Force Friday event in 2015 for the Force Awakens merchandise, and everywhere that had merchandise got uh, an underwhelming amount. I don't know if it was a ploy by Disney or what, but that's just what happened. Justin and I are in line, and we just wanted to look at shit. We didn't even want to like necessarily buy anything. We just wanted to be a part of it because people, Toys R Us, Walmarts, they were giving away free stuff and whatnot too. So it was just fun. And by the time, we're like last in line, and we were kind of expecting that anyway, and knowing we're not going to buy anything wasn't that big of a deal. We just want to look, right? And by the time we get in to Toys R Us, the line to get into that aisle, like there is a queue. Like I'm, I'm talking about like there's 20 people in that aisle grabbing what they want. And there's like a limited, I think, no more than two of the same character or something. Well, we're in the store, but we're like several aisles back because we're having to wait our turns. And these damn ass neck beards are in the front of the line. And the reason I say that is because they limit, like I said, guys. Two of the same figures, so like maybe two of the same rays, two of the same fins, and uh, yada, 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 per customer, they already had an underwhelming amount of items. So those dudes grabbed a ton, as much as they could. By the time we got into the aisle, everyone around me, they were gone. Like, everything was gone. And they all scalped that shit. Now, I'm making that assumption, but I know damn well because I know those kinds of people. And they bought it because it was all in limited quantity. And they're going to mark it up because people wanted those so bad. Mm-hmm. And it's annoying to, to, to see that. But to get back real quick, Brian, and I'll pass it back over to you. I have to say, too, when I was talking about you doing those good deeds, you guys, Brian, <laughs> Brian is super good when it comes to that stuff. We told the story several episodes back, so I won't now. But there was one time, to make a long story short, that Brian and Justin were going to get the Elite controller when it first came out. Justin didn't get it. Brian got it. And Brian thought... You know what? My I can see how crestfallen he is. 
he wants this more than I do. I can wait as much as I want this. I'm going to give it to him. And that's what Brian did. So Brian, once again, is someone you want to have in your ally when it comes to gaming Compliment stuff. King. Yeah, it's it's really but cool. Jo- though. Josh really and I know, way. Josh and I know, just like I'm sure most all of you listening do, the heavy anxiety of realizing you're not going to get something mm-hmm. that you had planned to get. 100%. And it, it's such an awful feeling, and it's one that I never want to experience. But every now and then there's a moment, like that controller moment, where it's like, it's like it's almost like I can I vicariously experience through Justin what he was experiencing not getting that controller, and it was so shitty to witness that it almost felt easier for me to give it to him, yeah, and for me to go home with it. I wish I could. You know? I wish we knew what episode it was, guys, because we you know I don't want to waste time telling you a story we've already told uh, several times. But Justin got screwed over on that pretty bad. Yeah, his pre order didn't work basically. That's why I, I even though I have a pre order for the Series X at Best Buy right now, I always tell people do not pre order anything you care about having day one at Best Buy because. On several occasions in my life, they have purposely taken pre-orders way over the amount they got and just flat out told people they can't have it. I'm going to get into this with my story, but that actually is a big reason why pre-orders just, they aren't a guarantee. They aren't the guarantee that they market themselves as. Yeah. Amazon's already sending out things saying, oh, your your X might come late. Yeah, so, yeah, so but go ahead, back to you, Brian. Uh, I want to hear what you have to say. I was gonna say too. Uh, I was gonna say too, like uh, to give you guys another example for the scalping thing. If if uh, both, because I I pre-ordered two Xbox Series Xs, because one is I'm gonna give to Kyle. He's paying for it. You know, I'm not I'm not charging him a markup. Obviously, he's just giving me what it costs. <laughs> but let's say I let's say I get both of the Series Xs, and Kyle contacts me and says, you know what, I really don't want it anymore, and I already have two in my house. I can tell you exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw that thing up for sale at a hundred dollars over limit. Like, I'm going to be straight up honest with you guys. Like, if I have two Series Xs and, and a friend, no friends who want it for the price, I'm going to throw it up on Facebook Marketplace or maybe I'll hit up the Discord and I'll say 100 bucks markup. And because I, I know I, for me, that's just like a, you know, I, I went through the effort to get it. And this is a little something for me for going through the effort to get it. But I ain't going to screw you. And I, I'm saying that knowing I could get 1200 bucks for it. So. Anyways, but I mean, well, I mean there. there probably are a lot more people with that perspective. We just don't know because you see all that and we just assume that these the people are the being assholes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. uh, you make uh, that, that's food for thought. So Cause it's, just, it's just sickening to see. Like, can you imagine being the guy who has a Series X up on eBay and he has the bidding start at 800 and it's like 18 bids? Well, in? there are some pretty shitty people. There was one guy legitimately on eBay that put out a literal brick that he etched the line in to make it look like the disk drive and was like. He advertised it as like Xbox Series X brick, but so for some people they're gonna be like, "Oh shit, there's one up there." That's cheap. That's cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, but like, just I can't imagine watching people fret, fret and bid over my item. The bid's already like two, three hundred dollars over price, and just see them feverishly bid back and forth to give me hundreds of dollars more for an item I didn't even want that I'm just doing to to, to, to scam you know scam them pretty much. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm not a fan of scalpers. Uh, if you're a scalper. Uh, if you're an awful scalper, I still love you, but I don't think it's the best thing ever to do. But yeah, you know, I feel differently, but I do respect Brian's opinion on that as someone who has done that stuff. So he's got a different perspective than I. So oh, you're saying you don't love them if they scalp? <laughs> but I've experienced that with Star Wars yeah. stuff. Well, I'm I've saying, never like, been in a position. I've never, to be fair, been in a position where there was something I wanted that was being scalped. I've never been sort of a victim to that, but I just don't like it in general. No, I don't like it at all, and I, I think it's wrong. I'm just saying, like, if someone's listening and they know they're an awful scalper, I don't want them to feel like they can't listen to us anymore. And like, <laughs> we still like you. We just think that it's probably we think probably should be better, it. please. Yeah, <laughs> please. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, so that's pretty much it for my experience getting uh, pre-order for the Series X. 
I managed to, you know, I'll just drop this real quick. I'm not going to make it long. Uh, when the PS5 pre-orders went live, I got really excited about Demon Souls because I'm a big fan of the Souls games. So I got in the car with my wife and our dog, and we went right to the mall. And I walked into GameStop, and when I walked into GameStop, they were on the phone with corporate, and corporate was telling them about how, how they were about to launch PS5 pre-orders and how to handle it. So I just sat there and waited. When he got off the phone, I pre-ordered the first PS5 in the whole store because uh, there was no warning. I just like I just had this feeling like you know something's going to happen tonight. So I went to GameStop and I got there. Like I said, he was on the phone with corporate, so I managed to lock down. I got the they had four disc drive and they had two digital. And, you know, it's the same console, except one's digital, one's not. So I got the digital, because me and Josh are all digital. It's 100 bucks cheaper. Oh, shit, I didn't know you did that one. Okay. Yeah, I got the... I mean, in my mind, there's no reason to get the disc, because we already go digital, and if I'm going to play 4K movies, I have my Series X. Um, so I got the digital, saves me 100 bucks. Sure. Um, and I hear there's not going to be many of those, so I pre-ordered one of those. It wasn't much... Not as much of an exciting experience, but it was crazy to see, like, the, the, the outcry from how hor- horribly that was handled, and how I just managed to show up there on time. Um, I but, miraculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me. So, yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, for me, uh, I did not get the PS5. I want to. I'm still hoping to, but I don't. I not at launch, right? I have accepted. Well, I would like to. If I still can, oh, really? I'll I didn't do it. Know. If I can, I'll do it. Okay, but, dude. I didn't know that. Well, when I'm pretty sure when the pre-orders went live, I was like supposed to be in bed. So I just at that point in time. Okay, I'll put it this way. Let me backtrack a little bit, guys. You should have um, told me that, dude, because I was talking about my no, PS5 no, pre-order no. like you didn't care. No. Because you made it sound like you weren't getting one this year. No, no, no. Um, when they had the conference and everything and I saw it, objectively, I think it was probably the best kind of conference we've gotten this year because they showed, We're gonna talk about they that showed a lot of gameplay. Yeah. So, okay, I'll, I'll summarize over that. Long story short, there was nothing in there personally that grabbed at me whatsoever. So, so that's subjectively speaking. So I decided at that point in time, I'm like not going to spend $500. I don't want to put five. I don't want to reserve $500 that I don't have right now on this thing. So let other people have it. And then it was afterward. I realized I, I want one. If I get one, I get one. If I don't, not a big deal. Long story short though. Uh, when it came to the Xbox, I decided the day before I'm like, I think I want this. Uh, why? Because uh, cyberpunk. <laughs> the load times are going to be faster. That's what, that's all I'm going to benefit. From what we've seen today, dude, that makes even more sense. That's what I'm going to. Yes, that's what I'm going to benefit from the most day one because they're not going to have ray tracing updates. They're not going to have any of this next gen sort of visual updates right away with cyberpunk. I just want for the load times. Uh, but I, I, it's the morning of, and the stuff goes live at ten o'clock Central Time, my time, and I'm up there. I've got every tab open imaginable. And Brian and I, Justin and I, we're all messaging one another. And I remember telling them, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but there's a reason why I'm going to say this. But I remember telling both of them, I was like, you know, I hope if anyone's not to get this, I hope it's me. Because I knew internally, Brian is really going to want this day one. Brian's like a day one dude. Justin is a guy who loves to get on the new tech experiences. And I'm someone who... Oddly, it turns out he didn't care that much, but go ahead. Well, I know he still wants one. I've talked to him briefly. I don't know he's if just he's not, like... He doesn't care if it's day one. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm someone who like, I was also still at the same point where I'm like, I know I want one, but like, I don't need one at launch. So it's like, if I miss out, I'm already like, I've already accepted it wasn't going to happen, but I was still going to go in and commit to this baby. Had every tab open. It goes like my, my, my first, oh, I'm aiming to get it on the Microsoft store. But as soon as it hits 10, I refresh the Microsoft page and it's just slow loading. Amazon just prior has crashed. 
So I go over to Target and Target's letting me add it to the cart. And I'm like, <gasps> and, and then suddenly like it does this weird loading and just resets like to the main page of Target's website. And I'm like, Fah! so I'm trying to do it a couple more times and nothing. I'm like, oh God. And then I go over to Best Buy and Best Buy just says coming soon. Like Brian said, it, I'm like coming soon. It's already soon. It's soon as now. <laughs> you know. So then I go over to Walmart and I'm screwing over there. I tab over and I get it in my cart as a guest checkout, just like Brian did. And I'm ready to put in my information. Like uh, I'm sorry, I'm ready to hit place order. I've had every everything's filled out, and I hit it, and it says, you know, it's, it's sold out. It tells me it's sold out. And I'm like, how how many seconds did I just miss this? Blew my mind. I'm go back to Microsoft. I'm refreshing. I'm refreshing. No luck. At this point, like almost an hour has passed, and I'm I'm seeing tweets about this. You know, I message. Yeah, I just gonna make a comment on what you just said. You're like, how many seconds have just passed? I want. It just reminded me of like. Like uh, Master Chief, he's like, how many? How, how much time was left? You don't want to know. Yeah. From the, the, that's how it was like. Yeah. But go ahead. Sorry. In my head, it felt like it was within five seconds. I mean, it just seemed so sudden to be able to get me to that point. But Microsoft was, wasn't loading. And at this point, I'm checking the, the Twitter and everyone's talking about how horrendous this is. Both, I think both, and we'll get into this. I think PlayStation and Xbox has handled it poorly, but it's not their fault at the same time. Uh, I Amazon loads and I get a pre-order in and I'm like, holy shit. And then, uh, actually first to backtrack GameStop, like Brian said, has this refresher page. I leave it. I refreshed it like five times before I actually read what the hell it said. And it said, don't refresh cause you're going to lose your queue in line. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got in, I feel like, I feel like, uh, Jeff Bridges and Tron legacy. I got in, but, uh, I managed to get one on there. However, it said that it was going to send me a confirmation email, and I still have yet to get one. Yet when I went, I haven't checked in a couple days, but when I went to check my order, it shows that it was placed and I have a pre-order. So Brian calls me on the phone, and we're talking, and he's like, did you get one pre-ordered? And I'm like, uh, kind of? And he's like, well, kind of, Josh. There's no kind of about it. And I'm like, well, Brian, like, here's the thing. And then I tell him this, and I said, but, you know, and then at this point, I had gotten the Amazon one. So technically now, I guess I got two pre-orders, but I don't know if they're secure because like yeah, Brian also mentioned, Brian also mentioned everyone got an email from Amazon that basically saying, we can't guarantee that you're going to get this day one. And what that tells me is Amazon probably was the only place to not limit their pre-orders to the actual quantity they were going, going to be getting in their warehouses. So they probably just opened up pre-orders in general and now they're kind of trying to figure that out. So who knows? I could be wrong on that. But I'm hoping the way I'm guessing it works is you're probably in a line, and like as Microsoft allots more pre-orders to companies through this year, like you would be, you know, new allotments would go to you if you're ahead. So I think I feel like you're still going to get it at, yeah. uh, at time. But well, I'm I'm I feel like I will too. But even if I don't get a day one, that's okay. I'm planning on taking time off for when Cyberpunk comes out, and this comes out nine days before. So if I don't, no skin off my back. And even I if I have to play you, it on my One X, that's okay. Which model of the PS5 did you want? Uh, the disc. And why is that? Because of my 4Ks. My Blu-rays. Oh, okay. Like, well, I, I do still... Like, would you use that over the P- Xbox Series X for some reason? Or No, I just prefer to have it. Like, it, like I, I, I always think of it like... If I go over to someone else's place and I'm deciding I'm only going to take my PlayStation or if I'm on vacation or a trip and I just maybe I'm playing a PlayStation game, I'm like, I might want to play the Blu-rays in that. I might want to stop at a Redbox or something. So 
even though to be fair, <laughs> streaming is becoming all the more the norm and more and more, Brian, I keep looking at like voodoo and stuff and, and making a wish list of all these digital movies I want to buy and like starting to build. Well, I have such a huge collection. digital library of movies. I'm almost like, I've, I've always considered selling my, my discs, but I'm like, eh. Yeah. Well, I, I only have a handful now. I have like, uh, like the Batman animated series. I got the Jurassic World movies, the Star Wars plus and that's it. So between me and my wife, you get married, all, you get all these copies come together and then you get two copies of everything. <laughs> oh yeah. And Lord of the Rings. Well, I don't have that on 4k yet, but anyway, anyway, point is, is I managed to get those, but it was very stressful and I I remember I was off that day. Like I work nights, guys. So just to give you a quick point of reference, I was up into the morning and I was ready to go to bed after. But my brain was so like flustered and stressed and taxed from that that I almost like I was groggy as hell. But I could not sleep. It was it was interesting. So uh, anyway, to bring it back on to some other stuff, Brian, what is your opinion of how PlayStation, how Sony did their pre-orders, and what is your opinion on how Xbox did their pre-orders? Because I feel like both yeah. were shitty, but yet I can't fault either of them. I think both were shitty, but and I feel like a lot of people would disagree with me. And I this is one of the situations where I am so unsure if my opinion is even good that I totally respect disagreement because I feel like I prefer Sony's. Um, the reason there's two reasons for that. One, I feel like Sony's approach gives more of an opportunity for your hardcore enthusiasts to get a PS5. Now, obviously, there's plenty of hardcore enthusiasts who weren't able to get one. I understand that. But I'm saying uh, it's, the, it's the people like us, the people listening to this podcast, who are so aware that are likely to get a pre-order of the PS5 in that allotted time. Um, what happened with the Xbox... Now, I, I respect Microsoft for saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to give you time and let you know where this is going to happen. But Microsoft couldn't guarantee that everyone who showed up at that time was going to get one. So therefore, it's kind of null and void to me. You saw the the scramble, how hard it was for people on the dot to try to pre-order from 18 different retailers, and they still couldn't get one. So um, I think Microsoft had good intentions, and I respect that, but I don't like their method as much because, like I kind of previously mentioned in this episode, uh, Microsoft's method opened it up to you know soccer moms and random people who... While they're just as valid at purchasing the console Soccer as us, moms. don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I, this was my second point. My second point was going to be if you look at all the prior console launches, they were more or less like the PS5. Like everyone's complaining about how Sony handled it, but I remember when uh, the Xbox One and PS5 or the Xbox One and PS4 went live for pre-orders, there wasn't a warning. I just managed to go to GameStop and lock them down. Um, so I think the best thing, the fairest, unless the console manufacturers can guarantee that they'll have enough for every single person who wants to pre-order on day one, which I don't think is ever going to be possible. I think the fairest thing to do is what Sony did, uh, because Sony's method, uh, it gets the best chance for enthusiasts to lock one down because they're constantly aware. They're constantly in that market and, let me clarify, I think the only reason that Sony needed to apologize, and they, they kind of did through a tweet, they, they admitted that they made a mistake. The only reason they need to apologize is because one of their execs said on video that they will give everyone plenty of notice and preparation to pre-order. The fact that they said that and then did the complete opposite is what made it not cool. If he had never said that, if nothing was ever spoken about it, I think the PS5s, uh, the way they handled pre-orders was, was fair. I mean, there's only there's really no fair way when there's not enough consoles to go around. So I lean with, I think Sony handled it. Well, okay, because 
the Microsoft exec said that he'd give you guys, he'd give everyone time, because he said that, I think they handled it worse than Microsoft. Because Microsoft was honest the whole way through. They didn't lie. They told it straight up. So I'm going to go, I'm going to give Microsoft the, the W on that one. But for future reference, I think Sony's method is the better way to go. Over to you, Josh. Yeah, I don't trot at all on, on your opinion on that. I dis like I disagree. I don't. I just don't like how either of them were done. But I also don't know. Is there a better? Is there I was just gonna way? say I don't yeah. know of a way that they could be done better. It just it just sucks all the way around. I don't think there's any perfect way anyone could do it because you know Sony. What was, if? Sh- could I, I'm sorry, Justin. What if, what okay, if they man. did like a if they did like a a year in advance? They you know they gave like a some kind of pre-order for people who you know like you know how sony sent out those emails for like pre-order ps5 what if they did something like that like a year in advance where it's like not only is this sent to people who are already in the market but it's also so far ahead of time only your enthusiasts are going to want to shell out that pre-order money that far in advance would that be more fair i mean yeah if we weren't in the midst of this pandemic you know yeah but i mean obviously everything this probably wouldn't i'm sure okay i didn't say this actually I have never participated in a console launch before, guys. Brian has. I haven't. This is my first experience. I really hope I get a Series X on day one because that would be awesome for me. But if I don't, it's cool. Um, So I won't pretend to know this kind of stuff, but I feel like if we didn't have the pandemic, there would still be a shortage because usually there is with this kind of stuff, but it wouldn't be as bad as we're seeing. So I feel bad in a lot of ways. Well, I don't think there'd be as much demand either. That's something I wanted to mention. I think if we didn't have a pandemic, there'd be less demand. Oh, it's interesting that that kind of that you bring that up because I feel like I agree with that. I feel like that's something that we've seen come out of it. Remember how the Nintendo Wii went? I never bought one, but I can't deny to you guys that I definitely wanted one constantly when it was out of stock everywhere because it was just such a big deal. The word of mouth that was brewing from that and manifesting was so intriguing. And I, you just wanted cool. to know yeah. what the hell is making this damn thing sell out. So and, well, that's what I'm saying. It is creates like, its own uh, promotion. Well, the de- the demand is higher because we're in a pandemic. So many people are at home. So many people are not doing physical activities outside with other people. You know, parties, so get-togethers, whatever. For concerts. Activities. Like think, yeah, think of all the concerts that people aren't able to go to. Like what's happening is a lot of people, people who were already playing games, are playing them more, and people who really weren't playing games that much are saying, you know what. I'm going to pick up a PlayStation or I'm going to pick up an Xbox. I actually worked with a guy who's not really a gamer, but when this whole thing started, he went out and bought a PS4 because he's like, you know, I got a lot of time on my hands. I'm going to start playing games. That's cool. So I feel like, I feel like this happened a lot. So um, the, the the awareness and the demand for consoles has went up. And I think that also speaks to, and I'm not going to get into this whole thing because this could literally be its own podcast episode, but like this pandemic has, has really um, fast forwarded 10 times over the direction that our society was already going towards um, more technology, more digital, more streaming, more at-home experiences. It's taken the, the the trek that we were already on, and it's just just multiplied. It just made the speed just go way up. Uh, so that I think that also that all ties into why these consoles are even more. There's more demand, and like Josh said, there's less supply because of you know manufacturers being shut down and, and all that stuff. But sorry, I really interrupted you, man. Go no, ahead. you're okay, man. You're okay. I mean, you make some good points. Uh... Yeah, I think there's a lot of success or a lot more popularity to come out from them. Like it's a blessing in disguise for Microsoft and Sony, I think. And and you know, I love that they're doing they're both they're both doing things so differently this coming generation. And even the pre-orders are a great inclination of that. 
yeah. uh, for better or for worse. But I think uh, outside of this whole launch experience, we're going to benefit so much as consumers because if you guys disagree, that's totally okay. But this is the first time I've ever seen so clearly a distinct difference between what two like head-to-head uh, consoles are going to be doing. I've never seen it be this fast. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like Nintendo, but I know that's not really head-to-head like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Because Nintendo, Nintendo was the first Nintendo one to Nintendo was like, hey. we're not even going to play the game. We're not even going to yeah. play this game. We're just literally going to screw off and do things for fun. But that's... But to go back to what you just said, like that's why the Wii was such a huge. It was a, it yeah. was a game changer because as far as the GameCube went, like all the every console up to the GameCube, Nintendo was trying to compete on the same level and same plane as its competitors. It managed to beat out Sega, but then Sony Sega. came in and you know Sega. Man, uh, Sega. Was, yeah. Give me a Sega, Brian. Give me one. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Saga! I know. There we go. That's I not like I, I sound like I got Tourette's or something. You sound like you just got no. done running uh, up to GameStop in the mall. But uh, to summarize... Didn't even speak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to summarize, you know, I, I feel bad, man. I mean, in the midst of all this crap, like, I feel bad for those people who are the parents who are trying to buy their consoles for, for Christmas because there are the hardcore people like us who are like, we're planning for this shit. We got all the tabs open. We're in lines in the stores. I do feel bad for some of those parents who don't have, who don't grasp on that. Because I remember when I was a kid. Why are you laughing, Brian? I'm going to get back on that. Because this. you said you feel bad for the parents who were able to get one. But then you know there's those dick parents like the the dude from Jingle All the Way, Ted, who's like, I got a Turbo Man for Johnny months ago. It's nestled safely underneath our tree. <laughs> dude, I miss Phil Hartman. Damn, he was good. Uh, uh, yeah, but I, I do feel bad for those parents because I remember being a kid and I... Uh, I wanted a Dreamcast for Christmas one year, and I got it. And uh, it wasn't necessarily as tough, but for those people that are trying to, to make that happen for those kids, like if I was a parent or Brian was a parent and you're trying to make that happen, it's a little different because we're gamers and the, you know, you're know you seeing that change in the world. But for the people, the parents you know who, who aren't gamers and they're trying to make this thing happen, they're in for a whole storm, a whole world. Can you imagine kids getting a One X for Christmas when they ask for a Series Yeah, X? speaking of which, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Bethesda. Uh, this is something that came out afterward with the Amazon shit was that it was being reported everywhere that uh, sales for the One X went up on Amazon astronomically because apparently either bots <laughs> or just a lot of people had done this. Now, I'm not, I, I'm probably inherently wrong on this, guys, but I'm going to tell you right now, I hate it. I don't like talking about this. I do want to hear Brian's opinion. But this topic has made me go from being, like, I guess, aware, like, processing, like, oh, that's a thing, to I'm pissed off. I'm tired of hearing people talk about it. I'm going to tell you why. reason why is because at first it seemed like it was people just talking about statistics. And I remember going and checking my pre-order and just to make sure myself – but this is still being talked about so much that I can't help but feel like there's a little bit of people out there who may be trying, like conspiracy theory-wise, trying to get people to see if they have uh, a Series X and potentially cancel it by on, on complete accident. I'm so sick of hearing about this shit because it just, people will not shut up about it, even more so than the pre-orders for PS5, even more so than the Series X pre-orders in general. It's The, the, the topic of discussion has become about how it went up like seven hundred something percent. Um, and I haven't heard about that in days, personally. But I, I, I still, I still see it. But I mean, like I said, I'm probably wrong on this conspiracy theory shit. It's just, I'll tell it you right now be. from personal experience, I have checked at least five times, if not more, double checking that I have a Series X pre-order, and I'm scared every time that I'm somehow going to hit a button on accident 
right? And accidentally cancel it. You got like a hot key that cancels exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm scared some shit's gonna happen like that. So in my head, I'm like Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny, pointing at the conspiracy board, and I, I just can't help but feel like some of these people are trying to anxiety induce people into accidentally canceling their pre-orders. And I'm so sick of seeing people talk about it. But what's yeah. your opinion on that, Brian? I'm I'm probably wrong, I mean, and I'm, I'd rather be I, wrong I than I, right. I think I heard somebody else. Uh, make a good point that said um, the way that Amazon's like sales chart thing works is that percentage was reflective of how much traffic it got, not yes. how much it was sold. Correct. So we don't know how bad it is. I guarantee someone did that because if you you know it, the price of the One X was was actually close to the Series X because it's been discontinued. So it'd be very easy to make that mistake with the naming and the same color and the the same. It's making price. me want to go check mine right now. I'm not even bullshitting you. <laughs> right. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I, I hope that, uh, I hope the parents don't make that mistake. And I hope that if, if they do, that their kids understanding, it's very hard. There's always two kids. There's the I one hope kid it's who, no parents that made that damn mistake. I hope yeah, it's exactly. bots. Jesus. There's, there's two type of kids out there. There's oh, the kid that goes, that screams in their parents' face and acts completely entitled and awful. And then there's the kid that goes, uh, thanks, mom. It's just what I wanted. And then they go in the room and they cry to themselves, so their parents don't know. It's like well, when kids. you see on like what is it, Jimmy Kimmel, where they do these video prank videos every Halloween, where the the parents will tell the kids, "I ate all your candy." They didn't, but then you see the kids. Uh, some kids straight out cry. Other kids are like, "That's okay." But then they start quivering and crying. You know, yeah. <laughs> like oh, you can't cool. feel feel bad. I remember Justin one time for Christmas one year, he got his brother Stephen got the toy that his mom meant to wrap for Justin. Uh, and, and and he liked it, and he kept it. Yeah, and and he could, and obviously she can't switch in the moment and say to her kids like this was actually meant for you and this was meant for you. But I remember Justin telling me I think he cried, and it just that stuff is a heartbreaker for those kids. And yeah, I don't like that. I know it's it's heartbreaking when you think about that. And like I'll tell you right now, man, if some if I well no actually I take it back I was going to say if some parent out there was like I really want a Series X for my kid and I'm blah 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 and it seems genuine I'd be willing to give up my console but then again I thought you know what I've seen a lot of bullshit out there <laughs> yeah like like he gets it and he's like I don't even have kids sucker <laughs> well that's what I'm saying like that's why I feel bad in a sense because to be honest I think I'm part of the problem like the kids would deserve it more than me I'm 32 years I'm about to be 32 years old I don't need this day one but on the other, to play devil's advocate though, Josh, why does any like we're talking about if it's a truly a child, why does any child need a five hundred dollar console day one? They don't need it. I don't think it's a case of need. I just think it's a case of like deserving, you know. Because I remember having those experiences as a kid, and it was so monumental to me. And I, I don't want to ever be. Uh, now I'm not saying I am, but I don't ever want to be that neckbeard guy in like Toys R Us that's taking all those action figures when maybe there's a kid in the back and his dad just got off work and was taking his son there to try to get that to try to get a Kylo Ren figure, and I don't ever want to be someone that person to the to that family. You know, I don't ever want to intentionally do that. Yeah, see, this is kind of. I mean, this doesn't put me in a good light, but it doesn't put me in a bad one either. It's kind of in the middle, but like when I sold that console. At a, at a hundred dollar uh, increase, mm-hmm. you know, seven years ago. Yeah, the it was a kid. It was a I mean, it was a teenager kid. I don't. know, You might have been thirteen or fourteen. Texted me, said his mom was gonna pay for it, and I told him it was a hundred. You know, the what, what, what did it come out at? It came out like five hundred. So, yeah, so I said six hundred. I said six hundred, and the kid the kid was like, I have ninety seven dollars. No, he's like, I have eighty seven dollars, a PS three controller, and some cheap game, Aww. and. I took it. 
I took I, I took it. I because I wasn't gonna tell him no over thirteen bucks when I was already upcharging him. So I I went and sold him the. Oh, console. so his mom. Just to be clear, because I, I kind of got confused. His mom paid the the regular like five hundred up front, right? Like she only ha- well. She only had like five hundred and eighty-seven dollars. Okay. And I was selling it for six hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. I so thought when I you, took, you the way you phrased it was like you literally just got eighty-seven dollars in a PS3 controller. I was like, no, what? no, no, no. So, 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 like you know, I was already upcharging it a hundred bucks, and yeah. I'm like, this kid really wants it. I'm like, I can take eighty-seven a PS3 controller in a shitty game, and I traded the PS3 controller in the shitty game in, and I think it was worth like eleven bucks. So I, I, I got like a ninety-eight dollar markup. Yeah. Which, you know, I wasn't going to... And that kid was so freaking happy because, you know, felt like he won the laundry. No, there's I mean, blessing in... I wasn't in doing that dis- out of generosity. I mean, I, I made 100 bucks. Singing a lot this episode. There's a, but there's blessing in disguises to be found with that kind of stuff for sure. Like, I mean, you definitely helped make that kid, you know, and, and you know, make his holiday season. I, which, but uh, to be fair, though, I could have gave it to him for the price I paid for it, but, you know. You could have, but then... You know, I mean, I, but then I did. Then it was a waste of my. Then I spent eight then hours. Then it's a waste of your time. That's where I was saying, yeah. like, I can understand that. So, uh, you know, it's it's hard to, it's easy to take things at face value sometimes. But uh, Brian, Xbox got Bethesda. Well, do you, do do we want to touch on the PS conference at all? Are we going to do that later? Or oh what? yeah, let's touch upon it now. We can make it quick. No, we'll make it. Yeah, let's uh, make that one quick. Let's Josh one already quick. talked about it, um, and I agree with him. Well, for me personally, the Sony conference that we had what was that it was mid to late september here um, it was like two weeks ago i think that was the personally and i know not everyone's gonna agree personally that was the best game conference i'd seen in at least two if not more years mm-hmm. i was I, I it started off with a bang with with final fantasy uh 16 bang bang which which i know it's a bang bang which I know it's an exclusive, uh, paid exclusive. You know, it's not like it. It's something. It's not like Sony's internally developed. Like they kind of paid for the exclusivity on that. But you know, Final Fantasy 16 looked good, and it went right into. You know, I can't remember everything that was there. Hogwarts shit we saw. Um, well, I'll just talk Evil about the Village. Other ones, I know there's some you really want to talk about. Resident Evil Village. We saw you know Spider Man, uh, Miles Morales. We saw more gameplay of that. Demon Souls was the huge one for me because uh, not only did it look amazing, it looked like the most next gen title I've seen personally. Um, but then also they announced it was day one, so I'm like, holy crap, that's awesome. And then they hit us with the, even though they didn't talk about Ratchet and Horizon, we already knew those were coming from previously, so that's in the back of my mind. I'm like, okay, they got all these games. They're showing us more Spider-Man. They just showed us more Demon Souls. We already know that there's there's a Ratchet and Clank and a Horizon, and then they closed the show with uh, both that, in my opinion, great price reveal for considering what the hardware is. I think it's very uh, competitive to Microsoft because... The $400 digital edition is far more powerful than the Xbox Series S, but then again, it's also $100 more, so I feel like very good pricing there. And then they leave us with the one more thing, which, you know, everyone loves the one more thing when it's something good. You know, when they say one more thing and you get a freaking something you don't care about, it's like, wow, you got my hype up for nothing. But they said one more thing, and they show the little teaser for the next God of War game. So I was hyped. I thought the show was great. I thought it deserved... Um, the hype, you know, I, I thought it was the, I thought it was the best show uh, in the last couple of years. So I, that's when I went out and got my PlayStation pre-order because I'm like, mainly it was for Demon Souls, but I'm like, you know, it was cool to just watch a show for once that made me excited for the future of games. Like when I watched all the other conferences, both Sony's prior conferences and Xboxes, barring Halo Infinite, those shows really did nothing for me. It was like, here's a bunch of games I don't care about. Here's a bunch of like non gameplay. Hey, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think for you it was that Demon Souls. You love the Soulsborne series so much, and it does look good. But you were so damn excited for that, 
that everything else that was there, that even if you were minimally excited for it, it just accelerated and intensified it's it like even more. The cherry on top yeah. icing, you know, yeah. like, and then, and then, uh, I will say, you know, here's my big criticism, you know, Sony kept quiet and played up this whole BS about they believe in generations and it came down to horizon, uh, forbidden West, uh, Spider-Man miles Morales. These are all cross generational games. Um, God of War appears to be a PS5 exclusive, but we don't know for sure. I'm guessing it is. Uh, Demon Souls, at this moment in time, I think is the only next-gen exclusive game coming out this year. Period. There's a little part of me that wonders if... uh, Yeah, I saw that stuff too, and I can't help but wonder if there was a bit of a discussion that happened maybe a few months ago where this wasn't something that was originally on the board to have these be PS4 games, but then they were asked, is this something that's possible? But could that happen so quickly, though, Josh? I don't like, know. Could they, would they able to... Because like, that comes out in November, the, like Spider-Man Miles Morales, like for PS4, like that's, well, that's too I soon, think, right? I mean, Okay, I'll say this. One, I don't know because I'm not in the industry. I won't pretend to know. But two, Miles Morales is a bit of an exception because it's not quite its own standalone game in a way. Like, it is... But it's not, and even when I saw the gameplay footage, it didn't look substantially different visually than Spider-Man PS4. So I feel like that I could see a bit more working. Horizon's a bit of a different discussion, but that's not a diss on Miles Morales. I think it looks yeah. fantastic. I'm excited for it. When I get a PS5, that'll be the first game I buy. See now, I want to hear your. Tell me your experience. What you thought about the the conference, and then after that, let's talk a teeny bit about the BS that is the 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 um, Spider-Man PS5 remastered. Ordeal. Oh yeah. Uh, what was your opinion of the conference first? Pretty much the same as Brian. I mean, look, I'll say this, guys. Games I was interested in my biggest takeaway right away. I'm sure some of you guys saw it on Twitter. I was disgusted. I like. I am a bit burnt out on this back and forth flip flop that people keep doing between every time Xbox comes out with something, people are like Xbox, screw you, Sony, and then Sony does something, and then it's like screw you, Xbox. And I just can't handle it anymore. I'm so tired of it. And people were, people will instantly have these hot takes of like Xbox is doing amazing, and then Sony's doing amazing. And it's always to put to They'll put literally over, be like Xbox won this generation. It's like, dude, it hadn't even started. Yeah, I'm just so tired of these like hot takes right away of like, and it's always to put over one. Like it's never like Sony's conference was great. Period. It's never Xbox is doing some cool stuff. Period. It's always Xbox is doing some cool stuff. Wish Sony could do this. Period. It's always Sony has got some cool shit coming out. Wow, Xbox, what do you got? Nothing. Period. You you're know, right. I'm tired you're of right, it. and that's fair. But I definitely was someone who was like, Sony's conference was awesome. I wish Microsoft did that. Yep. So I definitely did what you're saying, and I, I still I've stand done it by before. it. Look, I've done it before. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, it hurts to not adverse to not doing that. It's just. I think I'm just. I, I realized then and there I'm tired of it. But to to get back on topic, uh, I really liked what I saw. And I thought that was also the best conference. Nothing in there got me excited. But objectively, I thought, look, they showed us games. Microsoft had their conference for Halo. They should have saved that for the end because they they didn't have shit to show. And I love Microsoft. I love Xbox. But all it was was CG trailers. I'm happy. I'm excited about Avowed. I'm happy about uh, Fable. I'm excited to see all these things get announced. But, like, I wanted to see gameplay. That's what Sony did. Sony I think if anything, the the Microsoft show, if we were to reevaluate it now, I think I'd rank it lower because I think I think we both gave it around a seven seven point five at the time that show, mm-hmm. 
And not only did I not care about anything other than Halo Infinite, I have to take into account that even though I thought Halo Infinite looked great and I had no problems, it seems like the majority of people were disappointed with how it looked graphically. And taking that into account to be objective, because even though I thought it was fine, I'm not the majority, um, you know, having only one game being that interesting and then having it not look good enough. That's pretty, well, it's weird that's too. pretty weak. I'll, it's I'll, probably like a six. It's probably like a six show for if me. If I can add on a little something to that, I'll say in hindsight too, if you guys have listened to our recent Oddball episode, that was our sort of live uh, reaction to that conference, if you will. Uh, Brian, once the Halo stuff was done, Brian mentally was just out. He was focused on it the Halo stuff. It wasn't a good Oddball. And that's, that's not, why you guys got it the way you did. And that's, and that's not a fault on Brian, but I think it really says something in hindsight that they should have saved that for the end because they showed that at first. That's what people were waiting for. A lot of people, as cool as the stuff was, some a lot of people just checked out after well, I, Halo thing. I think done. you're right. I think you're 100% right, Josh. But I also think what they had to show afterward just wasn't that great in general. And that's not to say, now, like, I know somebody might be like, what about Avowed, Brian? What about Fable? Whatever. Those things, those two things I just mentioned, those might be amazing games. But from what they showed, it wasn't that interesting. Well, no, I agree. So, uh, well, I, I agree because they needed to show that stuff now. And they didn't. And I think that's the issue because Sony, why I like Sony's was because they showed everything that they're going to be having. And we even got to see some Hogwarts, which, uh, you know, which is a third party game. But still, that That stuff was cool to see gameplay, you know. But I still think that they should have saved the Halo Infinite for the end because that was the only gameplay you had. So the like it basically was like Halo Infinite. We were coming off. You and I were coming off this high of having finally seen that. And at that point, I'm like, holy shit, they're opening with this. Man, they must it's have. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Everything else is cool. I'm super pumped for Avowed. I'm super pumped for Fable and all this other stuff, Everwild and shit. But like, there was no gameplay. Everything else was so underwhelming by comparison that I much rather. I think the buildup would have been a lot better if if you're having like all. See, I'm not. Shit. I'm not pumped for those games at all, and that's not me trying to be pessimistic. Because you know, you guys know I love Fable. And Avowed does look like it could be really good, but they didn't show enough for me to be pumped. Even like I just, I literally that's have completely don't care about those fair. Games. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about them existing, but there's literally nothing I was shown. Yeah. And it's they should have done that after all these years. I don't care how far along or, or not far along they are, we should have been shown something. So hats off to Sony. Uh, I'm an Xbox guy, but hats off to Sony. They did a much better job. They showed us gameplay. Um, and even even on games that aren't coming out yet, even the games that are coming out in 2021, we got to see gameplay of. Thank you. I'm really happy for that. That's what I wanted to see this year. That's why Brian felt so good about it and rushed to the store right away. Demon Souls is a game I don't think I'll ever play, but I'll tell you right now, I also feel like Brian when I say that I think it is the most next gen looking game. Uh, I was going to say, Josh, real briefly, what what I, I, negative. I, take- I don't mean to. No, I take I take zero offense to it, but I'm just curious. Like, is the only reason you're not interested in Demon Souls because of the difficulty? No, it's it's the uh, the aesthetic. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't like how it looks? I don't know. I can't quite. I, I've tried to figure this out for years because that's why I haven't really ever talked is that the to you same about with it. Other but, Souls games or just this one? No, it's all the Souls Soulsborne stuff. Like, okay. I mean, I know there's some like Bloodborne's a bit different. You know, it's more gothic and stuff, but. Uh, like when I played Fallen Order, which is definitely borrowing heavily from the Soulsborne like formula, I really love that. I love the formula. I love the idea, but I can't get behind the the aesthetics. It's a bit too out there for me. I don't know. Like like uh, could you like and I that's completely fair. I'm just like trying to wrap my head around it. Like because you don't like the 
Halo 4 orange aesthetics. And, like, that to me is obvious. Like, okay, the orange is... It, it, it doesn't fit. So, like, what is it in Dark Souls? Well, like, okay. darker? No, I think... I, th- I think some of it has to do with the tone, like the aesthetic tone, because the story is so like it's there, but it's much more in the background. Yeah. And, and I I need I'm someone who, for the most part, needs the narrative. And that's why something like yeah. I, now I'm biased and I'm admitting the it. the narrative is more or less not there. But like something like Fallen Order, which has that formula, like uh, all Star Wars aside, because, yeah, I'm going to love it anyway because of Star Wars. But like. It had a the story was still the driving force for that, and I honestly, if the Soulsborns kind of had a more forefront story, I'd probably get into it. But it's made it harder because it doesn't. But that's not me saying for you guys listening, Brian knows. But that's not me saying that those are bad. I watched Brian play Bloodborne one time. Wow, that's a lot of beat. That's, Brian played Bloodborne. <laughs> Brian played Bloodborne, uh, and I it was so cool to watch. And I actually ended up buying it. And I played a little bit of it. Um, I, maybe it's something I'll get into, but I can't yet. So. Enough, but I Demon mean, Souls objectively years, looks fantastic. I was like, damn, I want to be excited for this, even though I'm not. Yeah, for years, I did not care about the Dark Souls series. I actually, when Creighton, Creighton bought the original Dark Souls shortly after Skyrim, because they came out the same time, and after playing Skyrim and watching someone play Dark Souls 1, I thought, that game looks like well, ass. <laughs> I think, you know, I think now we're talking about this, I think that's part of the reason I enjoyed watching you play it was because it's something so opposite of what I would ever be interested in playing. So yeah. it was really fun to see something kind of out of my own world. I didn't have that moment where I'm like, I want to go home and not watch you play anymore because I want to have this experience. It was more so like, this is cool. Let's see where this goes. That's kind of how it was for Alien Isolation for you. You just yes. watch me. Yeah, play. and I still own that. <laughs> I haven't played that. But yeah. um. Uh, yeah, to summarize for both of us for the the the, the Sony conference, like super fun. Uh, would you it give it out of ten? Uh, motherfucker, ten. No, uh, I would probably give it uh, objectively. I'd probably give it an eight. I think it was an eight. Okay, if we're allowing point fives, sure. I think it's an eight point five. Nice. If you forced me to to land on one number, I'd give it a nine, but I think that's a little too high. But if you force me to. So I'm going to go 8.5. Though. Okay. Well, let's talk briefly about the Spider-Man thing and then move into the Bethesda stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, long story short, guys, you know, uh, if you guys played Spider-Man on the PS4, if you buy the Miles Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition mm-hmm. for the PS5, it comes with a visually upgraded, they call it remastered, I don't know what to, to what extent, version of the Spider-Man game that came out on PS4. Um the problem here is, a couple problems. One, there is no physical release for the Spider-Man PS5 game. Now, I'm not talking about Miles Morales has a physical release, but to get the, the Spider-Man game from PS4, uh, there's no you you have to buy digitally, which, of course, for me and Josh, that's not a problem because we have digital games anyways. For physical people, I feel like that would be really bothersome. Um, and then secondly, for people who already paid $60 for the PS4 version, there is no way for them to get a free upgrade like Microsoft's doing for their games or even a discount. You just have to pay full price for the Spider-Man on uh, PS5, which, um, you know, for me, I'm happy. I'm satisfied with the PS4 version. I don't need the PS5 version, mm-hmm. um, but it's just kind of a crappy practice, especially when your direct competitor is making sure that people get the the best version for, for no charge. So, yeah, that's about uh, it. You know, I've seen people kind of shit on Sony for this, and I feel bad because the way I see it, you know, Microsoft has had a, a clear outline of what they want to do going into this generation, and Sony has had a clear vision of what they want to do, and they're both entirely different. 
but you're kind of seeing a bit of like crossing of the streams where like Sony, and I'm not saying they literally just decided to start doing this stuff right now, but you're seeing a bit of Sony having issues where Microsoft's not and Microsoft having issues where Sony's not. And case in point is that, you know, where Microsoft is having this smart delivery shit and PlayStation's like, some of these are free, some of these like this is just completely ass backwards. And then you have, you know, things like exclusive games, like Sony's really showing shit, Microsoft's not showing anything. So, you know, I I feel bad for Sony. You know, I feel bad for Microsoft. Um, It's a shitty situation. It's like, you know, the whole control thing, you know, that whole ordeal that was going on. And even though that's a third-party game, I mean, it's just, everyone's trying to figure this shit out. And I, I just... I mean, I almost wish we could jump ahead a year to any years in time just just for this stuff, because I feel like stuff will be a lot more defined. I feel like the industry is very much trying to catch up because, like you said, Brian, I think you really summarized it best is that technolo- technologically wise, like we have really accelerated this year because it was already sort of on that wavelength. But because of everyone already being at home, it kind of shifted it to that. And I think the industry is actually, it was going fast, but it's almost like having to play a bit of catch up. We're seeing some of that. Yeah. I think that's really Yeah, I think, I guess the only thing, to me, the PS5 uh, Spider-Man upgrade ordeal is unacceptable. But the only devil's advocate thing I can say is, prior to Microsoft introducing this smart delivery and changing their tune, it was very common for us to see a game we'd already paid for get a next-gen release, and then have to pay for it. Yeah, I agree with Brian. So it's common. It definitely seems like, I I mean, we could be wrong, but it definitely seems like, at least on the Xbox side, that they're trying to do away with sort of remasters and just show off how big these sort of upgrades can be with the new console gen by doing these sort of smart delivery and then then enhancements and stuff like that. So whereas Sony's playing a bit of catch-up on that one. It's always been bullshit that you had to pay full price for this game again. And, and, and Microsoft and, and Nintendo, Sony, they're all just as, um, as guilty. Mm-hmm. But basically what's happening is Microsoft changed their tune, and Sony hasn't yet, so Sony just looks bad. Yeah, it's going to be interesting a year or two from now, or even five years into this generation, you're really going to see what has been successful and what didn't work. Because there's always like something that these consoles are trying to do that doesn't work, like Kinect, yeah. uh, and the, or something like the PlayStation camera, which it, it kind of worked for a bit and it didn't. But like, yeah. and that's 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 accessories. But you know what I mean. I think like the PlayStation camera just, actually worked better than the Kinect. I think it did too. But my point is, is that like with all this kind of stuff that they're trying to do, like all these different features, like it's going to be interesting to see what becomes the norm. Almost like you know when Destiny came out back in twenty thirteen or was it fourteen? It was fourteen. Fourteen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We didn't really know that games as a service was even a thing. We didn't know that's what that was. We didn't know it'd become common with like other games. But that's kind of become a thing. So it's going to be interesting to see where we're at uh, halfway into this generation, I think. But uh, an interesting topic to take us into that is to come back around to Xbox with Bethesda. Uh, this is our last topic. Right? Yes. and It's a big one. I mean, it's... Wow. Brian, what were your first thoughts? We didn't even... We both were, like, tweeting about this, but we hadn't talked about it. Okay, so, you know what, guys? If you guys listening, you some of you might be thinking, like... Wow, we're hearing um, we're hearing a podcast with Josh and Brian talking about the Bethesda Xbox news, but it happened a week ago. You might be thinking we got to the party late, and you know maybe this would have been better had we instantly reacted. But I'm actually feeling really, really glad that we are talking about it now because we can have a much more level-headed approach um, to the news. I agree with Brian, and our, our thoughts are a lot more consolidated. They're not based in like sheer hype, um, where I, I feel like, like everything takes. we could have. 
Yeah, I feel like everything we would have offered a week ago, like just after hearing the news, would have sounded mostly like everyone else, which was just like, holy shit. Um, but I can honestly say when that news dropped, that is one of the few times in my life I can honestly say I was speechless. I didn't know what to say. I mean, I was like excited. I was shocked. But I, I, I was speechless. Like I just... Like if if you look at our our tweet from that day, it was like uh, I, I think it was um, Microsoft has acquired Bethesda in its entirety. We are speechless because what more could we say? Like a lot of people were just typing in all capital letters. Whoa, holy shit! I can't believe it. Microsoft bought Bethesda, which is kind of how we were feeling. But it's like I can't even make a comment on it. Like I, I was speechless. I mean, what, what do you think, Josh? I mean, I got more to say, but well, like, it was I was definitely the panty dropper speechless. of the year for sure when it comes to gaming. Like that, yeah. Dude, that straight up was a big deal, for better, for worse. And I saw negative stuff. I saw positive stuff. I saw a very mixed no, bag. I'm glad we're going to get into this. Yeah. There, there's definitely Let's both. talk about it. Yeah. Um, I'll just, to start, I'll say, okay, so uh, the obvious huge net positive here is that Microsoft finally has extremely notable studios, IPs, and talent just overnight. You know, like... Obviously, it was really cool when they bought stuff like Obsidian, and, and you know we we liked Outer Worlds, and I'm sure we're going to see great stuff from them. You know, in in Exile, you know they started the initiative. We saw a little stuff like this, which was exciting. But acquiring Bethesda in its entirety is guaranteeing that. Obviously, we don't know what's going to be exclusive, what's not, but we, but it guarantees that that the Xbox brand owns things like Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom. Prey, Dishonored, The Evil Within, I mean, Quake IP is there, all kinds of stuff. So it, it guarantees that the Xbox ecosystem has a plethora Wolfenstein of, as well. Wolfenstein, I mean, yeah, a plethora of AAA IPs are now there. Now, it, it literally overnight made the Xbox a serious... Xbox is now in the conversation of, in the future... Who will have better exclusive games, Sony or, or Xbox? Yeah, that's the that's the big positive. We've said a lot on the show about how we feel that as much as this stuff is exciting, just like we were just talking about the conference a little bit ago, they didn't show anything. And the con- the narrative that I'm personally sick of because I've been a defender of Xbox is that it's constantly this stuff is on the horizon, it's coming, but we're not seeing it, and I'm just so jaded on it. But I will say that when this announcement came out, I was overjoyed because I thought. Okay, cool. This for me personally really solidified that yeah, this stuff's coming, but we're about to get even if it takes a couple years, you know, it's not all going to hit at once. We're going to get a ton of shit. And we're going to get good shit. Good shit. I mean, cuz like uh, I mean, even if even if everything good like everything that came out wasn't good, like we've seen good Wolfenstein games from 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 Machine Games. We've seen good yeah. Doom games from id Software. Like there's so many chances to make straight fire. I'll tell you right now, that Prey game that Bethesda did is not one I played. And I didn't play it because it wasn't a direct sequel to 360's Prey. But I've heard great things about this Prey. I'll tell you right now, if that shit was on Game Pass Day 1, I would have tried it out. Mm-hmm. So I own it, but I haven't played it. That's something, that's that's what's great. And I think, you know, knowing that things like Elder Scrolls and, and Starfield, you know, this new IP... You know, and all this new stuff is going to be on Game Pass Day 1. It's so exciting. There's some stuff that people just, you know, they're going to buy Day 1. Brian and I are going to buy the next Elder Scrolls. We're going to buy, you know, the next Wolfenstein, blah, 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 Doom, and so on and so forth. But knowing that this stuff that's so big and so popular is coming to Game Pass Day 1, 
is again another shift we're seeing that's going to really open up the trajectory of how this industry is going in the next couple of years because that's going to make things so accessible. These games are so big. Elder Scrolls, I mean, we all remember what it was like when Skyrim released, but you know, when the next one comes after not having one for so long, it's going to be a big bang. And, and you're going to be able to play it on Game Pass. You're going to be able to that's play it day one on Game Pass and on Xbox. That's huge. Even if that game is just as buggy as the other Bethesda titles, wow, is that a big Yeah, well, see, that's move. where, I guess, to continue continue on with the good before we get to the bad, um, you know... No, we can go all over. I don't mind. Okay, say, well, okay, so two things. Obviously, I'm going to come back to this, but the, obviously the biggest bad thing in the room is, you know, whenever somebody acquires a studio and makes stuff exclusive, then people on other platforms don't get to play it. So... Somebody out there, whether you're a PS, whether you're a PlayStation fan or not, somebody out there might be saying, "Oh, well, now PlayStation isn't going to get to play a certain Bethesda games, or they're, or maybe they won't get to play Elder Scrolls, maybe they won't get to play a new IP." Like this, people might be saying this isn't good because now less people get to play it. I think that is fair to say that because there's some truth to that, but I don't think it's a completely like thought out thought. Um, First of all, we don't know what's going to be put on PlayStation and what's not. There's an opportunity for Microsoft to say, Elder Scrolls 6 is coming to PS5 also, but it's $70 day one, and it's day one free on Game Pass for us, which means they can milk money off of Sony with the licensing and selling copies, but also have a great marketing strategy to show that the allure is there to play it on the Xbox. So... Um, it doesn't mean that it's not that it's going to be exclusive. But even if they are exclusive games, there's a couple different ways to look at how this is a good thing. One, while it's not good that Sony won't get to play certain games, and while I'm an advocate of every system, like I just wish every system could play every game. That's how I prefer. Yeah, I agree. Um, but if you look at this from the perspective of Microsoft is trying to offer more content for their fans. This is a really good thing. This is them showing a huge monumental commitment to their fans and offering them more content. It's just like whenever your favorite content creators use Patreon, and I'll use, not that we're a favorite, but who knows. I'll use us as a, an example. We have a Patreon, and if you... Patreon.com slash sacred icon Halo. Check it out. Exactly. If you give us uh, a, a dollar a month, we'll mention your name in the podcast. If you give us $5 a month... We'll send you a swag pack. If you give us $30, or not 30 wow, that's awful. If you give us $10 a month, which is our top tier, you'll, we'll send you a t-shirt. Now, you get access to a behind-the-scenes channel as well where we talk yeah, about things. Yeah, you get access to the behind-the-scenes channel episodes. in the $5 tier. So the reason, I know it sounds like we're just doing a filthy plug here, guys, but the reason well, I'm saying I'm this is because... <laughs> well, the reason I'm saying this is because people listening to this podcast right now who aren't on the patron... You can make an argument that, wow, Brian and Josh are keeping me out of the behind-the-scenes Discord channel. Um, wow, Brian and Josh aren't sending me a swag pack. Like, the patron is limiting the things I get. I, I don't get my name mentioned at the end of the episode. They're limiting me. But you can look at it that way, and I don't blame people for looking at it that way. But the way Josh and I are looking at it is someone's deciding to give us $1, 5 or $10 a month out of the generosity of their heart. We have to find some way to offer them something. We have to give them, give back something to them. Make make them see that we're offering them something special for for doing something for us. So, how do you offer content to the people who are going above and beyond for you, uh, supporting you, donating to you, and not 
get feel like you're gatekeeping people. I think the the best way to do it is to is to make the content not so strong that people feel left out. Like if Josh and I only put this podcast up for people who are paying, that would be awful because the 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 largest component of our content is is now is now paywalled. We don't ever want we'll, we'll never do that ever. But, you know, a swag pack or a behind the scenes Discord channel, yeah, you might want to be there and you don't want to give money, but you know, it's it's pretty easy to miss out it's on. It's kind of like, thing that's that the best like way. you're not going to it's nice incentive for yeah, sure, but, but you're not going to lose sleep on it. Correct. Yeah. So I think, so when it comes to, that's one way to look at this Bethesda acquisition. It's like, um, these games are going to be on Game Pass, which means it's going to be on Xbox. It's going to be on PC. It's going to be on X Cloud, And there's potential that some, if not all of the releases will be on PlayStation. So Microsoft is spending big money to give incentive to their fans, to their Xbox, 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 to their Xbox owners and to say, hey, we're we serious about this. Mom, we already got one at home. Xbox. <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> uh, to show they're serious, because for so long, I, I can speak for myself, I can't speak for Josh, for about 10 years now, I felt like Microsoft has dropped the ball on offering me awesome exclusive games. I've gotten a Halo here and a Gears there, and ultimately, when I wanted to go play awesome exclusive games, I went and got me a PlayStation, because Microsoft's been dropping the ball for 10 years for me. And even though they've been dropping the ball there... I'm still an Xbox fan. I love I love the Xbox console. I love the the controller. I'm a big Halo Gears fan. They've still had me, but to me, this is them saying, hey, we care about our fans, and we want to show you we're serious. We already bought these other studios like NXile and Obsidian, but we're going to go big now, $7.5 billion. We're going to acquire Bethesda. They're offering something to us. So I think that's another really good thing. And the last thing I'll say as far as the good is that while I'm a huge Bethesda fan, and I don't think they're like people like to hate on Bethesda now. They like to say that Todd Howard's the worst, and that this the the, the company sucks now. I love Todd I, Howard so much. I I love he's Todd my Howard. favorite person in the industry. I still love Bethesda. I think they're great. I think Fallout seventy six, in my opinion, uh, I think they just they kind of shat that out to make money, and I think that was a poor consumer thing to do. It was obviously not ready. It wasn't well done. Uh, it was just there to, to kind of make some money while they continued to. They need they need income. They need revenue while they build these giant games like Starfield, and Elder Scrolls, and Fallout that take so long to build. They needed a way to get income. That was unacceptable to me. I think they deserve their criticism. But ultimately, the point of this is, I actually think we're going to receive better quality games because Microsoft acquired them. Yeah. I think them having the backing of Microsoft's publishing team. The backing of Microsoft's endless well of cash and and them doing quality checks, we're going to receive better games. I think Bethesda is going to have better output, quicker output. I think it's really great for them as a team. And uh, ultimately, this isn't like a rare situation. A lot of people love Banjo-Kazooie and Donkey Kong Country and, and, and Conker's Bad Fur Day. And to you, it feels like, at least, for, at least until Sea of Thieves, right? It felt like Microsoft just took rare rinsed it of its talent and just wasted the company is what it felt like because all we got was connect games and a perfect dark zero which nobody really liked but i think that's just a that's just a particular um issue i don't think that's a widespread thing i think bethesda is going to be better because of this yeah, so and plus rare's got everwild on the horizon which does have people talking yeah which rare's really picking it up now but see if these i can see yeah i know what you're saying i can see people's concerns that like maybe bethesda will be worse now because of microsoft but for me all points all signs point to um, you know, Microsoft, we've heard from developers and publishers that they've done a really good job of letting those companies do what they're good at, you know, provided they can continue to, you know, yeah. put out the content, Microsoft's leaving them alone. 
And I think just with that backing and support, you know, Microsoft wants to have good first-party IP. I think Bethesda is going to be better. I think Xbox is going to be better. And they're giving options with Game Pass. If you're, if you're a Sony guy and you don't want to touch an Xbox, you can play it on PC. It's always going to be on PC. They've committed to that. You're going to be, If something crazy happened and Elder Scrolls Six didn't come out on PS5, which I, I'm inclined to think that it will, you're going to be able to play it on PC. They've already committed to that. So, you know, end of the day, guys... They spent $7.5 billion. They earned the right to make this exclusive. I'm not saying that it's 100% a good thing, but I lean towards more that it is. The only bad thing is potential games won't come on PlayStation. Josh, I talked a lot. No, you're good. I pretty much summed it up myself for for me. You made a lot of good points, though. Uh, Gave me a lot to chew on. Uh, I got some good to say about that and the bad. I think it is pretty damn cool. Uh, I think uh, I, I love it. I'm excited for it. Uh, it makes me believe a lot more in Xbox. I think a lot of people. This was really. It's like a promise. This was this was really what solidified it because as much as they've got all these different studios, um, doing games and stuff, some are new, some are just other one, you know, familiar ones. This was really a top dog one. However, you see Bethesda now, you know, just like a lot of people sometimes say, Bioware is a shell of what they used to be. You know, what are, regardless of how you look at it, Bethesda is still known to put out these big titles that sell like hotcakes and for xbox to get that is a huge blow and it cannot go understated now (laughs) what was funny to me on this whole flip-flop shit is that sony fans even if you love xbox as well if you're someone who owns a playstation so a lot of playstation people saying who, who have always said playstation has the games playstation has the exclusives you know xbox doesn't now are crying foul and saying, screw Xbox, this is garbage, this is bad, and I'm not having any of it. It's annoying as shit because you know what? We've had Microsoft is finally doing something like that. They paid $7.5 billion, like Brian said. Now, just to give you guys an example of how big of a deal that is, this is about $3 billion more than what Disney paid to acquire the Star Wars brand. This is substantial. This is huge. And to add would- to that, Josh... To add to that, did you hear that uh, Sony's entire Sony as not PlayStation, Sony as a company, its entire revenue, not profit, just its revenue for Sony as a company in the year 2019 was eight billion. Yes, it's insane. And Microsoft didn't they just recently talk about how they get they went from like ten to fifteen million um, Game Pass Game Pass subscribers, or at least yeah. money that they're making or something. But it's, um, game, it's subscribers, subscribers, yeah. Subscribers, yeah. So what this tells me is that look. You're not going to pay $7.5 billion to have these games outside of ones that have been in the works that you're, you're fulfilling promises on releasing multi-plat. It's just not going to happen. Uh, it, look, some, some might, but I'm sorry. If I'm paying $7.5 billion, uh, I'm going to do this for two reasons. One, I'm going to do this for exclusive reasons. And if I'm not, I'm going to do it for time-exclusive shit. But I think the biggest thing is, the biggest takeaway is I think that Microsoft, like, we have to sort of redefine what we think because it always seems like the narrative comes back to exclusive talk, right? But I think, honestly, the biggest reason why Microsoft did this was because of Game Pass, because it's jumping, because it's climbing, because so much of what they're trying to do is pushing toward this, everything's accessible, you can play it as you want. So let's just say, hypothetically, that they're going to release this, Elder Scrolls Six will come out on PS5 as well, right? However... Microsoft could always say we're gonna ours is gonna launch Game Pass Day One, 
PlayStation can't do that. And also, PlayStation's going to have to wait six months to get their console. They can do that now. And it's 70 bucks. And it's 70 bucks. Now, I don't think, I think at this point, Microsoft should make it exclusive. Because, like Brian said, you got such a, Bethesda's more known for being on the PC market. They do console stuff too. Morrowind was such a big deal. I mean, Todd Howard talked about that in his sort of like letter about this whole ordeal was that Morrowind coming to consoles was such a big deal and they did it on Xbox. So they've always had a history with Xbox. It makes complete sense to me. But PC is still very much their home and they're not taking away people's ability to play for that, to, to, to play. It, if, if anything, it's going to become more accessible because of how accessible Xbox's stuff has. We have Game Pass for PC. PC users are not going to have to pay to play Elder Scrolls 6 Day 1. That's a big damn deal. Like, yeah. it can't go under. One thing I disagree with you on, I don't think you're wrong, but I'll Sure, no, go ahead. Well, I was just say, I, I think I hear you what out. I would prefer, and I don't think I'm right or anything, but I think what I would prefer is that already established franchises do continue to stay on PS5. With that whole Game Pass day one, they have to pay seventy and and like you said, maybe six months exclusivity. I think Elder Scrolls and Fallout should. I mean, honestly, I think Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom, Wolfenstein. I think all those games should continue to come out on PS Five. I got a couple reasons for that. One, they're going to make a shit ton of money off of selling on that system. They're going to make a shit ton. I mean, especially if if the trajectory is the same and. There's uh, two to one more PlayStation consoles than Xbox. There's a huge market where they can rake in some of that money that they've spent. Um, secondly, uh, Microsoft's already known for doing that. Minecraft has continued to be supported on other platforms. Uh, Cuphead and Ori have been brought to Switch. Yeah, but it's still an exception. But those are different. Like I was going to say, you don't spend $7.5 yeah. to necessarily... True. No, that's that, fair. So. That's fair. But I guess I, guess I just feel like... <sighs> It kind of feels like a dick move to me for people who have been, let's say people who've been on PlayStation their whole lives and they're big Fallout and Elder Scrolls fans and Microsoft offers no way for them to play there. Now, let me be fair. They paid it. They've earned the right to take to make it exclusive. I, I you know, but I just feel like what if I were Microsoft, I would continue to sell those things, but I'd put it behind. I, you know, I'd, I'd make it a timed exclusivity. I'd make them pay $70. I'd keep, I'd make it Game Pass Day One it, for us. It's and tough. Then, I mean, bottom line. And then I would make all of our no new IPs. What. I'd make all of our new IPs Xbox exclusive. I would make Starfield Xbox exclusive yeah. 100%. It's tough no matter what because, yeah, you are hurting people on the Sony front um, that that have played a lot of Bethesda games over the years, and that was their platform of choice for that. You know, I, I'm not... As an Xbox fan, I'm extremely happy. Even if PlayStation people still get their games and we just get a day one on Game Pass, um, I hope Microsoft does more with that. I think they will for $7.5 billion. Um, because this is gonna it's supposed to benefit Microsoft as much as it is uh, Bethesda as well. But I think objectively, it's just the smart thing to do to to move away from that mentality and let Bethesda exist on Xbox and PC. I'm not saying so I prefer if that. If their mentality is destroy objectively is destroy PlayStation, then they should keep it exclusive. Well, okay. Here's the thing, though. I'm saying that objectively speaking, regardless of what I think anybody feels. Objectively, this is so good. And the reason why I say that is because people have to challenge their expectations with this stuff. Because what this means is Sony's going to have to compete with on that bar. I'm not saying they got to go out and they got to get them someone like Bethesda. I'm not saying they got to do the they same can't shit. Afford it anyways. Yeah. You know. So what I'm saying, though, is that competition breeds so much positivity for us as consumers. There's going to be so much good that we can't see yet that's going to foster out of what this is, the $7.5 billion acquisition. We just don't know yet. All we can do is speculate. But I'm telling you, even in a couple of years, if 
Elder Scrolls, if Starfield, if Fallout, if Wolfenstein, if any of these games that are big draws are exclusive to Xbox, period, Sony's going to have to do something to step up because they do have what they've been doing. But what Xbox, Brian said this best to me off air. Brian told me, he said, he said, you know what? He said, I'm so excited for both consoles. He's like, on one hand, PlayStation has got me so much more excited for the games. All these games, they're, they're doing what they did last generation. People know what to expect and people are excited for that. It's the same stuff in a good way. But then Xbox is over here saying, I'm doing something entirely different. And people want something new. And they're thinking, what is, what's over here? I want to see what this is about. They're so vastly different. And the narrative is going to become very interesting as we progress further and further into this coming generation. Because of stuff like this move here. Because of what that's going to do. How that's going to make Sony compete. And then how Xbox is going to retaliate. How they're going to go back and forth. And then how we benefit as consumers. We're in the middle. And there's a tug of war between these two brands trying to be polite on the surface, but also win and sway us to each side. And I love what both are doing. And I love that yeah. this is a thing. I don't need this I'm stuff way to more be excited. I'm infinitely excited. more excited for Xbox, for Microsoft's console. Infinite. I think it, I think it looks better. I think it's got a better design philosophy. I, I think it's got great hardware. I love their strategy. Um, I'm, I'm more excited to own an Xbox console, but I'm got, more excited for the Sony game. I got, I got to cut it in here real quick, and I'm sorry, man. The the one thing that I'm seeing, though, is like I said, because uh, I've, I've defended Sony a lot on the show, but, you know, like I said, people have always been sticklers and, and defended Sony and saying they have the exclusive stuff. And I know that this isn't necessarily like the initiative where something is kind of bred from the ground up under the Microsoft banner. This is something they took. But... You know, some of those people like have to sort of like let go because you're being like you're being hypocritical. You're contradicting yourself and you want all these exclusive things. Well, now they've taken some games that you might have available access to and saying you have to buy our console potentially, you know, and people are upset about that. And I understand that in one sense. But the other part of me says, okay, if you're going to be upset about that, you can't have the argument anymore that PlayStation has exclusives and use that as a way to put them over Xbox. Like I'm tired of that discussion. Sony's done this for a long time, you know, yeah. with, with, well, with it's just, having it, okay, exclusives. Here, or- the best way I could summarize it, I'm just going to be completely blunt. I'm sick of Sony fanboys saying that. And then the moment Xbox decides to do something like that, they get pissy about it. Now, to be fair, Xbox has done that before in the past with Sony. So I'm not saying Xbox is better. I don't think either one's better. I'm just saying right now, it's annoying seeing it because I know you're seeing it too. I know everyone's seeing it. People are shaken up about this for better or for worse. And it's just, it's like, let it go. Like, we don't even know what this is going to be yet. They've already talked about fulfilling certain promises about some games. You know, I mean, look, the biggest factor is you have to remember is going to be for Game Pass. That's the main reason they spent the $7.5 billion, is for Game Pass. That doesn't necessarily equate to them making these games exclusive. It just means day one game pass i guarantee it guarantee it because that there's they just talked about openly about their um subscription numbers going up and they keep promoting this all access which has to do with game pass everything points to game pass so even if like it's entirely possible they spent the 7.5 billion just for that because you know what yeah i mean they they see a ton of shit on their wall that we're not seeing statistically yeah game pass is the future like Here's what I can say confidently. If Game Pass isn't the future, it's some other company doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And and all the signs point to it being Game Pass because nobody has the stability and the financial backing and, and the the lead 
in regards to having a Netflix for games as Microsoft. Like, no one's even close right now. I love when you use that phrase because you're so right. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you've got uh, you got little tiny Stadia down here that's probably going to die any moment. Stadia! I keep getting those you damn ads a- on my YouTube videos. <laughs> you got Amazon <laughs> announced Luna. Amazon announced this whole Luna yeah. thing, which I don't feel like that's going anywhere, but the only thing it's got in its nice court is... Well, I think it's got two things in its court. It's integrated with Twitch, and Twitch is like the biggest thing ever in gaming, and Amazon has endless money. That's one of the two things it's got. I feel like it's still going to be uh, not a very popular thing because what Luna and Stadia are doing, are trying to do, Microsoft's already doing better with Game Pass on xCloud. So I th- I feel like Microsoft has the money, and the, they're already ahead of the game. And not only are they already ahead of the game with, the game, with having like a Netflix for games and Game Pass and having xCloud, but they've already they already offer a system, like an at home system with the ability to purchase the game. So you, they're already satisfying the market of people who don't want to go into the the, the streaming. The, no, it's not streaming. I mean, you know, know Netflix you for game type thing. You know, so I feel like this is the future, no matter what. And it's not even the future I want really, because I'm kind of a stickler to I like to own my games, and I used to love having them physically. Um, so. Even though I like the, I kind of like Sony's approach more and just like having a cool console and buying fun games. But that's not the future. The future is Game Pass. And Microsoft is investing everything into this. And we, we've seen this done a million times for different corporations. Microsoft isn't really making any, any, they're either making no money or money that's not worth the effort right now because they're thinking long term. They're thinking end game here. They're thinking, what about when we have 100 million concurrent monthly? game pass people you know when the money comes in so fast the money comes in so fast that uh now it's worth it because you look at the same thing happened with amazon amazon like sold things for like like no profit forever and once they finally ticked over into the profit it just exponentially blew up like amazon went from making like nothing to all the money you know and and uh you see um netflix Netflix has talked about this before too. Netflix is acquiring talent and building films and, and series and, and studios like crazy, and they're not making as they're not making as much money in the year as they're spending on content. But it's to continually continually like make themselves the place sort of the long con, if you will. Yeah. yeah, and that's what Microsoft's doing. Microsoft has the money to do it, so I feel like you know Sony is definitely still winning this game of release a console release exclusives and sell the most consoles they're still winning that but that game's shifting real quick it and it doesn't look like they have yeah. doesn't look like they have the infrastructure to compete i mean even if ps now was free for everyone no they announced that new type of compared, thing that's almost like you know? their own little tiny type of mini game pass which is good it's good to see oh, them the, doing the that the playstation collection yeah so i think that's only a good thing yeah it's just absolutely comparable to game pass it's it's, it's yeah nice. but they gotta start compared. somewhere and it's good that they're at least trying to start if that's what it ends up becoming I like how you say it. it's like look at that little guy try <laughs> <laughs> But uh, in summary, for me, I, I, I know I sound a bit of a, like a poopy butt this episode, but it's only because I am very frustrated at seeing so much on social media of this flip flopping of fanboy consumerism. I love Sony and I love Microsoft and I love both of them equally. I consider myself more of an Xbox guy, but I own my PS4 Pro. I want to buy a PS5. I'm just waiting for the right game to call me to it. But I love both equally. And I love that they both have different things to offer. And I'm always going to feel that way. I don't think one is better than the other. And I don't look at this Bethesda acquisition as, <laughs> you know, middle finger to you, Sony. Like, fuck you guys. We're going to go have some fun over here. Woo-hoo! But it's not that. It's just that Microsoft has been really struggling this current gen that we're almost out of. 
and it makes me feel really good about what's to come. And even though I felt that way for a while and I'm sick of waiting, this was a really big move that made me think, wow, they are really serious about yeah. this. And that was really solidifying for me and how I feel. So very excited for both. I love that they're both doing different stuff. I can't wait to see how they're both going to like have this sort of cause and effect reaction to one another and what other, what what works for each one for consumers. So it's it's, it's exciting. Brian, in summary, what yeah, do you got? I think, I think ultimately, if I had to answer, is this a good thing or a bad thing? I'm going to go with good. Yeah. Uh, because I think Bethesda will make better games and have more support, and I think Xbox will be a more desirable platform. Yeah, we just need to be we just need to be open minded as consumers. Like, let them try to do what they're doing, and and if it if it is bad, let's react to it. Let's I talk mean, about the, it. I mean, the the objective negative is that if PS Five doesn't get certain doesn't get games they used to, for people who will only ever play PlayStation, they won't get to play that game now. That is an objective negative. I mean, even if you and I think it's a net positive that Microsoft acquired Bethesda, Bethesda, it's still, if it comes down to PlayStation users don't get certain games they used to, that's a negative for people who are never going to leave PlayStation. I mean, that's the realities of, of, of the industry. That's the realities of, of Microsoft purchasing something so large for so much money. But I mean, really, when it comes down to the negatives, I feel like the only negative is that PlayStation exclusive users might not get to play a game. And that sucks. It does. But there's a lot of positives. But there are a lot of positives to it. And I just, I'd like personally to just see the fanboy discussions die. Like, let, what, if they pay that much money, let's just see what they're going to do first with it. Because they even came out and said right away, they're still, they still plan to fulfill their obligations of releasing already announced titles on PlayStation. And I'm not, it's not to say PlayStation wouldn't do that kind of shit, but they were right out the gate with that. And I think that's good. And to go off what you said, Josh, like, I've always been an Xbox fan. I've always leaned more Xbox. But ultimately, what has mattered to me the most games. is the games. Yeah. The truth The truth is, and I, I hate admitting this because it, Microsoft already knows this, but you almost hate to admit it. It's like the only reason I've continued to buy Xbox consoles is because of Halo and Gears of yes. War. If, if tomorrow Microsoft announced Halo and Gears of War were going to cease to exist... And they hadn't acquired Bethesda or any of those. Like, if there was, right now, if there was no Halo and no Gears and no other prospects, I, honest to God, would have not bought a Series X. I would have bought only, if Halo and, and Gears didn't exist, I would have bought only a PlayStation. Why? Because for me, up in, you know, at this very moment in time, I know Bethesda was just acquired, but we haven't got new games yet. At this very moment in time, the only game, the only reason I buy an Xbox is because of Halo and Gears. If those games didn't exist, I'm Sony all the way. So while you could say I'm a fanboy because I prefer Xbox, I guess I'm a bigger fan of Xbox. That's true. But it's, you know, they got me by the ball. fanboying to be someone who loves something so adamantly that they're putting down its competition. That's that's how I look yeah, at it. Yeah, that's not me. And yeah, I don't I don't me. think you're like that. I just I, I just don't like when people do it cuz I I think they can both exist and both be great and do great things that are different from one another and not have to be in competition in that sense. You know, and I, I just I, I want to talk to people about video games but not have to hear something else be shit on because of it. You know? Yeah, it's that's it's, just where it's, I'm at. it's probably going to seem it's probably going to seem silly to to anyone listening who's a big fan of PlayStation IPs but like as much as I adore God of War or The Last of Us or Horizon or Spider-Man, to me personally, not this isn't objective, just subjectively as a fan, to me, I enjoy the Halo and the Gears IP more than all of Sony's IPs. 
And since since those two my two top IPs are on Xbox, that's where I'm gonna be. That's where my yeah. fandom is gonna be the most. To bring it full circle, um, then we're gonna get out of here. Uh, I I'll just say that when it comes to Halo, I think I'm really excited. This makes me a little bit more uh, excited about the delay because well, I can't wait for uh, whenever Halo Infinite does come out, knowing that Bethesda is gonna have some crazy stuff coming on the horizon, if not potentially a little before. Um, you know, if, you know, then after, and just knowing how Infinite's going to be surrounded. I mean, we looked at Infinite initially as this flagship title that was going to define the next ten years, but we didn't quite really have anything else to really, I guess, stand up in that same regard. And now knowing that Bethesda is going to have all these titles, even if they come multi-platform, just knowing that we'll be able to play these day one on Game Pass with our subscription, you know, almost makes them feel like we're playing them for free when they, you know. And I think that's something to be incredibly excited about. And I look forward to seeing how Halo Infinite is going to fit into this new uh, sort of uh, Xbox as a brand. It's exciting. So yeah, dude. I mean, the, this I gotta say, um, you know, this may seem like uh, it may seem like I'm caught in the moment, but I feel like it's pretty accurate. Um, this, going into this generation, far more exciting than going into the last one. Absolutely, uh, definitely. The, the last one, despite everything much, going on. <laughs> It was exciting last generation, but it very much felt like Xbox One and PS4 were better versions of what we already had. Mm -hmm. Whereas now it's like, okay, we got things like we got different models of the console. We got solid state drives. We got suspend, resume. We didn't even talk about that stuff, but we're we're running out of time here. We got, um, you know, uh, Game Pass. We got all these different acquisitions, new IPs. It's a really exciting time. I think this generation is going to be much more exciting than the one we just were in. Yeah. Like I, I thought the 360 PS3 generation was super exciting. One in the one PS4 generation was kind of yeah, it was okay. Mm-hmm. This next one, it's going to be dope. I completely uh, agree. Josh, you got uh, yeah. We actually a have review? a review that we are super late upon getting to, but like you know, you notice the last couple episodes we've been a bit behind. So wanted to give this person a shout out and thank you so much. This is on Apple Pod. Remember, guys, if you ever want to leave us a review, you can do so on Apple Pod means a lot whether it's five stars or not we're going to read it on the show but it means a lot and giving it a five star gives us a boost and helps spread us out there you know i don't want a one star review but if someone was like these guys are astards and gave us fun to talk about i would read it off but please if you guys want to leave a stupid comment like that go ahead but just go ahead put five yeah please put five stars um but this one um i'm not sure who you are if you're listening uh to this episode please let us know uh but the name is pronounced r bar 18 x um, not sure who you are in the community, but yeah, let us know. Let us know. Um, said, you guys are great. I'm a new fan of the show since we got the gameplay demo for Infinite last month. Like you guys, I was absolutely paralyzed and dumbstruck by what I saw. I had so many thoughts and feelings about it, but had no one to talk about it with since I'm the only one of my friends who loves Halo. I needed an outlet to explore more of the passion behind my favorite game series of all time. Upon research, I found Sacred Icon Halo. Within the first 30 minutes of the episode talking about Infinite, I was hooked by your reactions, enthusiasm, and positivity for the upcoming game despite all the negative feedback that was being given all over the internet. You guys do a great job at seeing both sides of the arguments within the Halo community, however, and always keep it respectful too. The guests you have on the show are equally passionate and insightful as y'all. Really like the Haruspis episode, he says. Uh, Everybody loves Haruspis. Give it up for Alex. Yeah, man. Love Alex. If you were looking for a chill, fun, passionate podcast about the greatest game series ever made, yeah, I said it. <laughs> this should absolutely be your first stop. Keep it up, guys. Wow. 
Absolutely. Dude, that gives us so much energy, man. Yes. Though, it's funny to tell you guys it gives us so much energy when we just clarified that we got that and then proceeded not to podcast for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, though, we had it has been incredibly busy. It was us. impossible so it's not because to get It's literally not because we didn't want to. It's just because of, of, yeah. of life getting in the way. But we are back on thing, track. So it feels that's the thing, dude, is like I listen to other con- – I, I, or I, I watch or listen to other content creators, and, and one of my favorite content creators said it the best, and he's like, you know, obviously – well – Okay, me and Josh don't do this for money because we don't make much money off this. But the guy I'm referring to, he is, is his, it's his living. So he was like, obviously, I do this because it's my living. I make money off this. I do it for a living. But he's like, the thing that got me started on content creation, the thing that keeps me going is, is that that feeling you get when you release something, whether it's a video or a podcast, a song, whatever, and people respond to it with joy and happiness, and they like it, like. The feeling you get when you know you put your content out there and someone you don't know responded with, I like this thing. It's, it's such a good feeling to know that you created something and people are enjoying it. Like, that's just unbeatable. So, a review like that is just, it makes, it's amazing. Oh, it means so much. And thank you for taking the time to write that out so specifically. The more analytical, the better with, with that stuff for me because I love, yeah. I'll take compliments all day. But, um, yeah, thank you so much, man. That really, Josh, that really meant a lot to us. Josh, you want me to do the quick business wrap up? Oh uh, yes, but real quick before I get into that, I just want to finish saying that does that means so much, um, and I uh, you know hope we can keep doing that forever, man, because uh, we love doing that. That's something Brian and I just love doing. And I know you just got in recently with one of the that that reaction episode, but um, Brian and I just got sick of hearing all the negativity for so long for so many years and we were we were like that ourselves so it's fun to get back on and yeah i'll always go on record saying that uh halo infinite to me personally it looked as far as visuals go it looked ready to release yeah. i know some of you are probably spitting your soda out thinking that but it, it looked great to me i was so happy with how it looked it's so easy it. we live in a world where it's so easy to be so negative and to to say mean uh, hurtful things uh so easily but it can be just as easy to say nice things if we just choose to focus on that and see the good in it. And I think, you know, a lot of that has become Infinite's narrative now where people are really focusing on the good because they really reacted kind of poopy <laughs> to Infinite yeah. right away when it was just really yeah. cool to see a new Halo again. So thank I mean, you for the I mean, to see support. a return of the, the return of that kind of aesthetic and, and that kind of idea for Halo, like that's been missing since... Kind of since like Halo 3 ODST, I mean, Reach didn't even kind of fulfill yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to really. be cool. I mean, I get those Halo 3 vibes and it's it's just fun. And I know that's not for everybody, but like I know there's going to be stuff in there for everybody for sure. So, but uh, real quick too, I just want to say guys, uh, this uh, pff, later this week, Brian has got Crash 4 coming out. I've got Star Wars Squadrons coming oh, out. Yeah, We're both really excited for those games. Um, if you want to say anything, Brian, you can say it real quick, but... Um, We'll be in the Discord, uh, no doubt, talking to you guys. I, I I know we got a bunch of games. We're starting to get to that holiday season where stuff is going to start yeah. coming out. So I'm really excited to be in there in the Discord community with you guys. And yeah, it's been, really, it's been a really it's been a really cool, unique uh, gaming month for me because it started with Tony Hawk HD, which is a blast from the Turn past. Turn on the radio. Turn right? The field, man. And that was so much fun. And then I went right into the Mario collection for Switch. Whee! That's what I'm currently... That's what I'm currently playing, and it, it just nostalgia trip. It's such a great collection. Uh, many people said that it was a, a low effort port. I, th- I thought it was. I think it's a very nice collection. Really enjoying that, and I'm about to go into Crash Bandicoot Four, which is another blast from the past because Wubaga, uh, because uh, I love the originals. Um, so, and Josh is gonna be playing the new Star Wars Squadron game. So that's gonna get us through till I think the next big thing for us will be obviously Cyberpunk. Josh's. 
Josh is heralding, you know, his his big thing. It's been for over a year now. Cyberpunk years. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Cyberpunk as well. Um, I'm excited. Not as excited as Josh. That's kind of been Demon Souls thing. is your baby. Uh, I get it. Yeah, Demon Souls with the PS5 launch. And if if I could, well, actually, I was about to say if I can swing it with my wife, but truthfully. I'll just get Game Pass until I can't afford it. I'll probably play Gears Tactics day yeah, one look on, forward the, to on the, Tactics on the for sure. like, Series X. So really exciting stuff coming up, guys. We are going to be on top of doing the podcast every Saturday like we like we usually do. Like we said, like we just got hit hard with not being able to get together. Yeah, so hopefully you the enjoy world. this big triple patty yeah. burger, juicy yeah. ooh, tomatoes, lettuce, gave you, ketchup, pickle. We gave you this three-pound burger, Man. three hours, three-pound burger, because you guys deserve it after we've been gone for a while. I know... We gave you guys an oddball that was kind of a throwback. Uh, it was a bit you know, of a deleted old, scene, so if you listen to yeah, that, it was thank old, you. <laughs> it was old content, so it's not completely fair to say we gave you guys a full episode that week. And then last week, well, actually, this one's only coming a couple days late, actually. Right. So really, we only really missed back you guys Saturday for... Saturday again, so yeah. It's, well, yeah, we're going to come back on Saturday. It's good to be, be back, guys. Even though in, in I guess, podcast-wise, we haven't really been gone. It feels like we have, and it, it's good to yeah. be back. And I love... love. It was fun doing this with you again, Brian. We didn't need a break, but I guess it was kind of nice to have a little one. And we're coming back in strong. We're gonna, we got a lot of... We're going to keep up We got a Halo lot stuff. of plans. I can't wait for you yeah. guys to get we to... Got a, yeah, we got some lots of... We got holidays. We got new consoles. We're going to have a lot of good podcasts here. Um, Absolutely. Reunited and it feels so good. Reunited and it's understood. I'll take away. Josh did this little thing with his teeth, kind of looks like a hamster. Ooh, little hamster nibble. All right, guys, I'm going to make this quick because we gave you that three hours of juicy content. And we're going to make this quick uh, leave for you. I'm going to yell out some names. We're going to go quick. Patreon supporters, Joshy Big Boy, thank you. Thank you so much, man. That's That's a newer one, right? Joshy Big Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New hey one. man, Brian yeah. told me about that on the phone, and I was like, Joshy Big Boy. I was like, that's me. <laughs> Dude, that's like, great. Thank you so, so much. So now Josh, to Josh on the podcast, he's just Joshy Little Boy, or like I like to say, Little Bitch. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, bro. I love uh, Ryan you guys Barka. My face is so as long as I's just quiet. Yeah, Josh is staring <laughs> holes through my face. Oh, uh, who was the other yeah, one? Ryan Barka. Oh, Ryan, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Dustin Mondre. Dustin, love that dude. Thank you so much. Anthony Nicolosi. Anthony Nicolosi, great dude. Kale Koala Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro. Great person Thank in the you, Discord dude. community. He's always supporting us. So like, can't supportive. wait for our content. It makes yeah. us feel so good. Thank you, bro. Hyperstellar. Hyperstellar, the sequel to Interstellar. Check it out. Oh, Thank you. Oni BB always drops. Oni BB, he's my BB, baby. Good. <laughs> great person. Next, we got some protein, protein jugs, man. Ooh, I we. always got to do it in that voice, and Josh is always going to laugh. <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, MH cosplay dropping through your roof with that Halo Hormel Chili Double XP. Hey, now that they missed the marketing this year, next year they can just do Double XP on the Hormel Chili. Yeah, we got to get in touch with them about that. Works out. Yeah, we we got gone. Genesis. Genesis. Oh man, Such love a great playing. dude. Great love dude. talking to him. Australian, my favorite uh, Australian. Ian Big Dog Mills had him yeah. on the podcast. Love that two dude ago. so much. Go back, check Love him seeing out. him. On, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. That dude is huge in the community. Love that person. Nick Ray, baby. Nick Ray, baby. Every time I hear Nick Ray, I just think of my, my buddy Ray, who used to do ooh, ta 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 Ooh, ta 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 Ooh, ta ta Maybe that is Ray. Yeah. No. no. That's his last <laughs> Thank you so much, Nick uh, Ray. We got our moderator, Jondon. Thank the you Crimson so much, bro. The Crimson Seraph, always. He checked in with me recently. Dude, Sacred, here's the oh, truth. I love that guy. Jondon runs in Sacred Icon Halo's uh, veins now. Yeah. He's been there so early on, and he really, really, like, you guys might not see this much, but he really cares about the Discord and moderation. Like, just, just fostering that community, um, uh, making it an accessible place, 
he, he really cares about it. Great dude. Yeah, he's always coming up with new ideas and things to make this better, more accessible, yep. condense it. What's working, what's not working. Uh, great guy. Great guy. Discord would not be what it is without him. As well as our buddy got Cole Dreyer. I got to shout him out real quick because he is adding a lot oh, to yeah. Cole Dreyer. Cole is a great yeah. mod, too. Love Cole, we love Cole. Yeah. love Cole. Always a positive uh, dude. Trevor always Polky. very empathetic. Trevor Polky, thank you so much, man. Uh, I can't remember if your team won in hockey, but I, I just, I've been seeing a lot of hockey stuff, so I'm like, yeah, go hockey, man. Go Trevor. <laughs> yeah, Mine's I just feel like, He's like, I feel like Trevor's, I don't know why I feel like Trevor's such a ladies' man, but every time, I just he just looks suave. Yeah, Trevor's a great uh, dude. Uh, next, we got the Shipleys. The Shipleys. You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. I saw the WandaVision trailer, and I'm like, that's Jordan and Chris. Dude, Shipley. right? Hell yes. That is a good damn-ass tea, man. If you guys want to see the Shipleys TV show, it's WandaVision. Yeah, except Vision, you know, except, you know, the Shipleys are both alive. It's not like Vision, you know, where he's dead and everything like that. It's oh, not so okay. dark. Well, People that way to be know. dark there. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we got... Our buddy Dust Storm from Podtacular. You guys all know him. Yes. You guys all love him. We had a dual episode. Uh, Chances are, if you're hearing this, you guys have checked that out. If not, go check out theirs. Go check out ours. That was a lot of fun to do. And then we got our our two oldest uh, patron supporters. We're going to do the build-up to our our oldest. I'm doing the Michael Scott drum roll here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got Glass. Oh, Glass. Been supporting us for a long time. How many months? Let's see. Does it tell us real quick? He's been supporting us for eight months straight. Holy shiitakes. Holy shiitakes. Thank you so much, bro. Um, And then, drum roll, Michael Scott drum roll. I'm doing, if you guys, you guys can't see me, I'm doing that stupid Michael Scott drum roll from from the office. It's the man who... Saw Justice League and knew it he did more, ladies and gentlemen. It's Matthew Salvatore. Salvatore, So pumped, man. I'm so pumped. So pumped. It won't be long before he's hitting a year. Yeah, dude. Supporting us. For sure. He... Man, he was there from the get-go. Um, also, a quick shout-out to Photon, who just had a dropout oh. recently because of what he's been going through, which is crazy. Be sure and hit him up on Twitter. Give him a shout-out. That dude deserves all the love in the world. Great guy. Yeah, dude. Uh, f- uh, thank you so much, Photon. Uh, dude, you're a huge supporter. We love you. And uh, we know you've been through a lot of crap with like the, the hurricane, the storm, yeah. and whatnot, Oof. and that's really wrecked your life. Uh, dude, just yeah, just shouting out that uh, we, are thinking we can of help you. Man. Yeah, I love you, dude. Yeah, I love you. Um, Did we forget? Yeah, guys. What about, what about Mr. Chiropractic? I can't remember. Did we forget him? Oh, I don't think, you know. I was going to say, there was guys, no chiropractic mention. Guys, we never, we never, uh, dude, I skipped over him. We can't. I am so sorry, bro. I will, you know what? I'm so sorry. You can give me free chiropractic, you know, adjustments anytime you want. You can just have your hands all over my body. That's, <laughs> Where's this going? Uh, Where's he going to benefit from this? Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, right. Uh, Justin Howard, thank you so Justin much. Justin Howard, for thank support, you so much, buddy. Love you, man. I thought you just said Citizen Howard. No. That's what I heard you say. But that's going to be funny. his new movie. Okay. Citizen, Citizen Howard. Citizen Howard. It, it's Howard. actually better than Citizen Kane, and it's in color. When one man's oh. ordinary day is a chiropractor turned foul. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that already sounds dope. Thank you so much, right, everyone. Guys, Best place to hit us up is at Sacred Icon Halo on the Twitter. Boom. You can hit up Josh at Jovial Joshy. Boom. You can hit me up at Brian's Bane. Boom. If you want to send a long form email, that's at sacrediconhalo at gmail.com. Bang, bang. Leave us a five star review on iTunes. Bang, bang. Say anything you want. Just uh, leave a five star review. Uh, everyone's welcome to join the Discord. That's Sacred Icon Halo. Bang, bang. Uh, Patreon.com slash Sacred Icon Halo. Bang, bang. I think we've hit it all up, dude. Right. Oh, there's an, also, guys, we just we got put a website. Up, we sacred icon Halo. Bang, 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 bang. And we also just put up a new playcast video of us playing through. Uh, oh, what yeah. was it? A, oh, what was the last level? Leave out the YouTube. Uh, two betrayals. Oh, okay, no, guys, what's so, our we YouTube got a YouTube account. account. Oh shit, we do. Yeah, bang, bang. YouTube channel. 
it's uh, it's doing pretty good. Uh, you know, we're we're still new at it, but we got almost 200 subscribers now. Thank you, uh, by the way, our, guys. Our most recent video is almost hit a thousand views. Mm-hmm. Doing very well. Yeah. Doing well, dog. Got to do that. Right, hit uh, me with a bang bang. <laughs> bang bang. bang. Uh, just people are going like, "Geez, Josh, stop with the bang bang." <laughs> Their ears are just being assaulted by your bang bang. Bang bang. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, and then we we're doing our playcast series, which. Uh, next week, or actually, no, this week, we're already in that week. We should be finishing that up, uh, finishing Combat Evolved. Truth be told, guys, uh, some of our YouTube videos have a lot of views. The Playcast is not one of them, but just to, to do a, a hard pitch here, um, the goal of the Playcast has been that if you don't want to watch us play through Halo Combat Evolved, you could just start that video up, put your phone in your pocket, and it acts as a podcast. Josh and I talk about freaking Batman and Lord of the Rings and all yeah, kinds honestly, of stuff. Yeah, it, honestly, so guys, it, it's, it's like it's, a podcast. Halo's there in the background and we're playing through it, but as some of the episodes have gone on, we like talk at length about like Lord of the Rings. They're, yeah, they're like oddball like free, episodes in of themselves, so definitely check that out because it's a lot it's of It's like fun. free podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. Even though this one's free also. It's yeah. like more podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, guys, so check that out. Uh, SacredIconHalo. Uh, doc, or, I'm sorry, YouTube.com slash SacredIconHalo. Bang, bang. If you guys... Don't feel like ever supporting us with Patreon or anything like that. Just go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube. That That's great. We love that. Um, but anyways, guys, that is it. We gave you a long episode to make up for our time Woo! away. We hope you forgive us. Uh, this is Brian. That's Josh saying, keep it sacred. Peace, guys. Take us out, Josh. <laughs>